sued. I don't think we get sued. The the homies what in is? San Diego. Yeah, there we go. There, there we go. One there. Uh, the homies in yeah, San Diego copyrighted it, so no one's allowed to call it Comic Con anymore. Oh, well, that sucks. Yep. All right, in a three. We get this two. And a one. And a one. Guys, welcome to Minefields. I'm still running off a high from Saturday, man. It's a special edition Minefields. We're going to talk about the Denver, Colorado Fan Expo 2022. Not allowed wow. to call it Comic-Con, but it was Fan expo enough, and it was slightly Comic-Con-y. It was Connie enough. It was Connie enough. First and foremost, we're che- we're che- we're cheering to meeting the man, one of the Godfathers, Jim Lee. Especially for '90s kids such as ourselves. Oh my God, man! Like in the in the age of artists, which was the '90s, Jim Lee was definitely in the uh, the Mount Rushmore of oh. comic artists. One would say. I would still say he's still in the Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah. Like, uh, it's one of those conversations that it would be difficult to have the way, like, having a Mount Rushmore conversation right now in wrestling compared to, like, 90s, Attitude Era, mm-hmm. and now we've got uh, the AW Era, or the, I don't know, what would you call it, the Indie Era? The Indie Takeover? No, I, I don't really know. I don't really know if I'd have a, a word for it, because there's so much... Like, the whole thing, the comic books and wrestling are very similar in the fact that, like, everybody's going to have an opinion. And, it, you know, when it's based upon your opinion, a lot it's going to be, you know, a lot of those answers will be valid. You know, stuff that works for you won't necessarily work for me, which won't necessarily work for, for our, our good buddy Chad we met at a oh, yeah. fan expo or our good buddy Wes. Yeah, good buddy Wes. Like, uh, you know, like that. Like, different strokes, different folks kind of thing. It's funny because, like, if you, someone put a gun to your head and said, who's the, the four Mount Rushmore of artists, I would say McFarlane, Uncle Todd, Jim Lee, and then I'd get confused and get my brains blown out because I wouldn't be able to make the other two choices because there's so many newer artists. Uh, Jack Kirby? Oh, well, that's different. <laughs> love, love, love us some King. Love us some King. Love us some King. Man. Such you know, di- that's that's the thing, man. It's not, you know, we, we've had that conversation previously, you know. Certain art will work for one book, as and like you could use the same artist in, in a completely different book, and it doesn't work. Oh, yeah, man. No. Like, like um, I remember talking to Temple Smith, and we'll get to that, mm-hmm. um, about how proud I was of his artwork in the Hellspawn series when Bendis was writing it. And he thanked me, but, like, if you put... Temple Smith's artwork and anything other than horror, you'd be like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> like, yeah. I'd say you couldn't do it, but that that style doesn't doesn't resonate. No, in just any comic. No, no, know? no, it does not. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing, nothing wrong. I ended up freaking, you know, we'll get to, we'll get there. But yeah, you know, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, certain certain styles just work better for certain genres of comics. Well, let's uh, let's take it from the top. Um, 
freaking, I wake up literally, I want to say five or six seconds before you called to make sure I was awake. And I wake up and I'm like, where am I? I should be doing something today. And my alarm's going off and I realize it's going off and it didn't even phase me. And then you call like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I just woke up. And you're like, I'm on my way. And it's like... No, noticing that I had already been up for an hour and a half at that point. I had had time to shower. I had had time to eat a healthy, nutritious breakfast. I had time to go to my bank and pull out some cash. I had had time to freaking get the uh, get the necessary markers for meeting Mr. Jim Lee. Time to properly pack. And you were sleeping. I was. I'd stayed up all night drinking and watching <laughs> Stranger Things. <laughs> like an adult. Like an absolute adult. Like uh, I was... I was thinking, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm a grown-up, I'm an adult, but, like, I really haven't had to grow up, because I'm not married and I don't have kids, and uh, I rewatched the scene of uh, Eddie playing Master of Puppets on top of his trailer to distract the evil entities, and, like, the first chord hit, and then I just was, I screamed out, like, thank God no one else is in the house, man, our roommate's gone, yes! And then just... Straight into Master of Puppets, and he—it sh- was one of the—it was one of the most phenomenal, most metal moments I've ever seen. And then I wake up, and you're like, "I'm on my way," and I'm immediately jump in the shower, shave, uh, pick which AEW shirt. I-, I was legitimately concerned about what AEW shirt I needed to wear because I got a couple new ones. I got um, I got the new Adrian Grimm shirt, not AEW, but he's my boy. Um, Got Danhausen, very elite, very evil, uh, CM Punk, and my Britt Baker, and I was picking that when you walked in the door, <laughs> and we got to hurry up, make where are the pens, grab Bridget, let's go, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we we get in the yeah, car. We had, we had three hours to get to Denver to the con to meet Jim Lee. Yes, we did. Uh, we left, uh, I believe, at like seven fifty nine. No, it was it was past eight. It was like it was eight twelve exactly. It was eight twelve. Okay, eight twelve exactly. And then eight twelve is that because I freaking had to stop and get because I'd gotten freaking snacks. I'd gotten water. I was prepared. Not with your tickets though, brother. That's because you didn't print him out of work. Ha ha. You didn't send them to me. Yeah, I did. I sent it to you like I sent it to you Thursday night. Yeah, and we I didn't already, leave till Saturday morning. Yeah, and I already left work, and I took a mulligan on Friday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my. That's I didn't my know bad. you were taking a mulligan on Friday. That's my bad. <laughs> well, anyway, we're leaving. We're Neither leaving, here nor there. We're leaving work ski here, and uh, freaking. Uh, 36 minutes away, and then we get there in like 28, and uh, I was like, man, I would... Because I was like, you could... Because the, the clock said 30, and we have 36 minutes, we get there. You can beat that. Florida. And you took, you took to, to your credit, you took the challenge. I took the challenge, man. Like, uh, rode the... Then, and then freaking uh, good buddy Chad got a hold of you. Oh, man, like, he was a life With a brilliant idea. Life With a brilliant idea. I'm going 98 miles an hour down the freaking freeway in the express lane, and he's like, hey, I'm stopping at the freaking Lincoln uh, train stop. I've been there with him before. I'm like, genius idea. It's free parking. It was like, what, $4 or $3 for the, the train ticket. So we got a very nice... It was like 10 but yeah. 
We had a very nice, luxurious... Still way, ra- still way, way worth it. Still way worth it. I mean, it would have been more gas and more in parking. and uh, But we got mm-hmm. that nice, luxurious train ride, choo-choo ride, if you will, that hopefully yep. this, Mr. Uh, Morales Jr. doesn't find out because he's going to be quite upset that he he's missed gonna it. Pe- he's going to be peeved. Yep. He's going to be peeved. And then just, uh, we beelined it. Found uh, the Jim yeah. Lee line. Um... Made it in the in the nick of time, mere seconds to spare. And I it realized like I I forgot. I, on the, I, I, I had X Men number one form to sign. I had Batman six oh eight to sign and Wildcats number one to sign. I had literally nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I had literally nothing. I imagined we'd get there plenty of time. I could go find one because it'd be easier for me to go buy one real quick. Uh, for a couple bucks, rather than go through all my like long boxes to find my original like the gatefold, and uh, mm-hmm. Chad came in clutch. Wouldn't found it. I'm panicking because he he was like, okay, I see you guys in a little bit. Let me see if I can find one. And uh, line was going slow as molasses. molasses. And I'm like, okay, I gotta find I gotta find the comics and. Yeah. I'm like we gotta we gotta at least an hour before we get through. So I was like just just go, dude. Go I, find one. I beelined it through that thing so freaking fast, man. The only thing I didn't get to was the the freaking uh, cafeteria area. <laughs> the parts with the comics in it. <laughs> I, I someone told me to go to the left. I told you, mm-hmm. I am terrible with right and left. Gotcha. My mind, like it wasn't a joke or an exaggeration, and. Uh, I couldn't find the comics. I come back. I'm out of breath. My watch thinks I'm working out. And you're like, what did you do? I'm like, it's all garbage. It's all trash. It's all pops. There are no comic books. (laughs) There's no comics. And then... uh, But there's got to be something. And then uh, you you bumped into... uh, What was his name? I bumped into an old buddy, Nate, who I worked with legitimately eight, nine years ago when I lived in Denver. And freaking, because I was like, I know this guy. I told, I pulled, I was like, dude, do you know this guy behind, this guy to the left, this bald dude? And you were like, nah, man. I was like, I think he's from a comic shop. I know I know him, but I can't place it. And you had left, and we started talking. I don't even remember how we started talking. And he's like, I know you. And I was like, I was thinking the exact same thing. And I was like, do you, do you, do you work at a comic shop? He's like, no, but do you work at Walgreens? Funny enough, I do, in fact, work at Walgreens. Yes, we do. Well, you do. And freaking, turns out he was the assistant manager at a Walgreens in Denver that we playfully refer to as the War Zone. Nice. And freaking, uh, yeah, freaking uh, great dude named Nate. He had a buddy with him. We ended up BSing for a while, introduced you when you got back. We made, we made jokes at your expense about you not being able to find the comic book you needed. As you should have, because I was very unprepared. But I, I do, will not take back staying up late drinking and watching Stranger Things, because that was phenomenal. Um, you could have easily done that the next night. I probably could have. Um, but um, Chad came in clutch. And uh, I, I was I was honestly, in Minefielders, uh, Chad has been one of my like great buds since I met him back in like 2014 when I started working at Wells Fargo. He was an underwriter and I was a processor. And uh, we, he found out I like comics and Magic the Gathering. We hung out 
often. He lived like a block away from me. Just a total sweetheart. And uh, what, what did I say? He was um, the type of guy that keeps up with you. Even when you after, leave a job. Even after you leave the job. and um, Yeah. And you don't get too many of those. No. Super rare. And I was so proud to introduce you to him because I haven't introduced a lot of grid people to you. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no, you're not. Your track record's not exactly uh, no. seamless. No, my track record is not very seamless. I mean, I've got age, but you already knew age. But, uh, yeah. freaking, um, no, he was just, like, the best guy, man. Like, he understood that, uh, and, like, we had tickets to meet Jim Lee. He knew we were going to meet Jim Lee. He had every opportunity to buy tickets for that. And because he didn't buy them, we were like, oh, man, sorry, you know. No. You didn't buy the tickets. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, we, like, the, the, that wasn't even an afterthought for me. Um, and, uh... He made sure I found, he found the next number one for me, and then we met uh, Wes in line. I, I kept bumping into him. He had all these. He had a backpack and all these um, posters, r- poster rollers, and like, what do you got, man? <laughs> well, what did he have again? He had like he had some he had some epic like masterpiece should be in the Smithsonian like prints. Um, mm-hmm. He had. Um, he just met uh, C-3PO. He hand that out, oh, right? Nice. Okay. And he just met Anthony Daniels, but he had the the metallic print of the original gatefold cover of X-Men number one, but then he had the redo that was metallic as well that they re- uh, metallic as well that they uh, released like a year ago, maybe a year and a half. And, oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, and we, we were just like everything just that's when everything started co- a little Everything was already starting to coalesce, like really coming to its own. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey man, I got a pen that you have to use for that, like, like the mirror pen. Yeah. And uh, we hooked him up. We got uh, made sure he didn't get no bush league photos with Jim Lee with it, like someone's uh, cell crappy phone. cell phone. I made sure I got pictures with him with Bridget. Uh, Jim Lee was like, whoa, this is a cool pen. Um, but like, well, we. What, we get in line, like, we finally get up to see him. What, were, what mm-hmm. were you thinking when, like, we finally entered the room? Uh, it was, it was kind of like Fort Knox a little bit. Like, there was freaking, there was massive staff. Like, he had his own group of people. You know, there was, it was very, like, it was cool. Because, like, you know, we'd go to a table and you had to get a, you put your comics on a freaking just like a piece of uh, like basically plywood, basically it looked like it was like that uh that freaking uh that stuff that you would use to for your science fair experiments. Yeah, it, it, okay. they had, they had a bunch of those that were just flat and like lay your stuff mm-hmm. out here for him to sign, take it out of the packages, and um, we had to wear masks and uh, yeah, I had to wear I had to wear mask. You know, couldn't couldn't directly touch him. You know, COVID and all that, which you know, totally totally respectable. You know, completely, but uh, completely. It, it was just kind of, you know, he was just in the middle of this room. And, like, you know, you didn't get that much time with him, but, like, you know, he he, uh, he, he was really good with Interact. Like, he interacted with me really good. Freaking me out. I had my uh, Eddie, my Spider Man 3, Amazing Spider Man 300 inspired Eddie Guerrero t shirt on. Which you should have worn to your wedding. <laughs> or was that under your tux? 
Uh, I don't even think I had it at the time, actually. Freaking, uh, my if wife you, got it for me for Christmas one year. If you if you would have, that would have been under your tux. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, he asked me about Eddie Guerrero. Cause he, he, apparently, he's not a wrestling fan. Well, is what it is. He's Jim freaking Lee. I'm not going to hold that against him. It's all right. He's but yeah, no, we ended up, you know, doing that. We got a got a picture. You know, got got some freaking got you know got the minefield picture with him, which is super cool. Really good guy. Really, yeah, it was awesome, man. Because like freaking, he was like the first. Because I for you know I think we've talked about it previously on on the show. I'm not no really huge. Um, I, I like the stories. I'm not. Like I'm not overly as, as familiar as I probably should be with a lot of the artists or the the guys that write the books. Like I know certain ones, but That's like I'm not. I couldn't tell you each and every comic that was written by each and every guy from beginning to end. But like Jim Lee was like the guy that I remember as a kid. You know, he was, you know, he he was the reason that I picked up Image Books. You know, he I, like when they jumped and freaking. Uh, I was I was in the Wildcats. I made it a point to get the first 50 issue run, the first complete run of Wildcats. And I actually ended up having him cause I went and bought an X-Men, a second copy of X-Men one form sign, but the Wildcats, I had him sign Your the original? issue, the comic I picked up when I was like 12 years old. That's gnarly. That's... So that was, that's definitely got a, you know, freaking a special place on the mantle in a, you know, Morales Manor. With the uh, with the mirror pen, if you if 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 you guys don't know this, uh, befriend a uh, lonely artist. He will have random stuff to help out. <laughs> and this is true. The 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 mirror pen like looks so gnarly on my freaking X Men number one and on uh, Wes's uh, like metallic covers and like like he was like okay this I've used these before. Uh, they have to dry and um got photos of wes got photos of us got the minefields photo and then we're we're walking out and like we didn't just meet freaking <laughs> jimmy palmiotti we didn't just meet junior junior we just met jim f and lee <laughs> yeah like, like that's no, that how that was that was dude was awesome man freaking you know, i never that was the first time i'd ever sat in line to meet an artist or anybody involved in the comic books. Dude, that's... Was... The last time I legitimately sat in line to meet somebody for an autograph, legitimately, was to get my D Generation X VHS tape signed by Shawn Michaels when I was 18 at a car dealership in Denver. Did he even, like, look you in the eye? Uh, he had glasses on, so maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I remember <laughs> it was right before I started training. Um, to be a wrestler, and I asked him about his school because I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get trained by the best." Blah blah blah. Because I didn't, I didn't know how the game worked. Obviously, at the time, heck, I probably still don't. But freaking, um, but all all he said to me without even looking up is, "I sold it." That was it. I was like, "Well, is what it is," you know. Freaking, um, so yeah, you know, freaking. Might have been cool, might not have been. I can hear funny, my... Funny enough, I ended up working years later, probably 10 years later, for uh, the guy that he sold to school to, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, so... I can you know, hear my grandma... Things work out that way. My abuelita 
if she'd have been in line with you and he's like, I sold it being Ifa la cabron. And then, yeah, just, and, then, and then probably going off on him in Spanish and then like, Grandma. I'm <laughs> down. Tranquilo. 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 Grandma. But yeah, no, I freaking, I think that legitimately was the last time I waited in line for an autograph for, from anybody. Let me ask you. Once we got, once we met him, once everything was, uh, the signatures are dry and we got to chill, did the anxiety just drop? Because I was full of it. Like, I'm I'm not an anxious guy, but, like, mm-hmm. freaking, uh, I was full of it that day. No, I, yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely nervous meeting him. Like, I don't really, I can't, like, I just kind of had trouble, like, computing what he was saying to me when he was saying it. It's just kind of like, there, there was definitely nerves there, which is funny, because I know, you know, normally if it's, if I get nerves, it's, you know, a big deal. But, like, I remember him freaking talking about, you know, they were like, oh, um, yeah, which marker would you like him to sign with? And I was like, uh, whichever one he wants to use. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like being that 12-year-old kid all over again. Yeah. Which was, you know, and that's kind of cool because you never, like, be, you know, this day and age, you know, you don't really get that feeling anymore. So, like, that was kind of that was kind of cool to meet somebody like that and freaking, even if it was just for a minute and, you know, a few sentences, ex- few sentences exchanged. But to like have that that feeling of just kind of being a kid meeting somebody that had like a pretty you know pretty cool influence on your life at some point or another you know that's really awesome. Let alone to have him actually autograph the copy of the issue that I was like I probably you know, I read it probably a freaking several dozen times when I was right. a kid. Right, man. Like we've talked about that before. Those. Those early issues when we only had a couple uh, bucks out of our allowance uh, to buy comics, like once a month, maybe one or two, and mm-hmm. we had to make the most of those bad boys. What I was thinking was, he's a human. Yeah. We can do it. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking, and it calmed me. It calmed me like a bond. Like I I, awesome. I I I worry about marking out. Like uh, when I met Stan Lee, like I was like when I met Stan Lee with Colin, I burst in the room just like Enzo Mori. I mean, I literally did Enzo Mori. My name's Joshua Michael, and this is my best friend Colin, and we love you. Whoa! <laughs> like 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 I went full <laughs> on Enzo, and um, mm-hmm. but I was like, no 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 no, that was different. That was that was that was a god. <laughs> Meaning Stan Lee was pretty equivalent to God. Um, but um, with Lee, it was, he's just a man, and he's being a, and like, having done dozens of interviews, um, rockstar interviews and stuff like that, they usually hate doing that crap, man. Like, like gotcha. they, they, they usually just like, man, I just wanted to make my art, and then, but now these... My publicist is making me do this, and I, I got a little bit of a sense that that's what he was doing. I mean, he got booked for that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the stack of already signed posters uh, that he'd signed three of anything he wanted, and it was only $100. I mean, like, like, like only $100. I'm, oh, yeah, I would have paid three, um, honestly. 
to meet Jim Lee, and um, yeah. and he put the work in, and I could tell he was tired. Uh, I could tell he was tired. I could tell that, but he he didn't make us feel like. Well, at least he didn't make me feel like a mark. Yeah. And no, I, he was he was totally cool, man. Freaking, it's. I think it's one of the big things is just being you know being, you know you're polite to him, he's polite to you. Everybody gets what they want. Right, and uh, but at the same time, what I saw was a man that worked his ass off. Mm-hmm. And I paying for that one. And that was well <laughs> worth it. Um, to be the person he is. Nine kids, gorgeous wife, millions of dollars, influential on everything X-Men. Mm-hmm. He, that didn't happen by accident. That happened by work. And you know what he yeah. didn't do? Stab any of his friends in the back and was loyal to everyone that that uh, that he worked for and that were his buddies. So yeah. we, talk, we talked about that earlier, so cheers. To Mr. Lee. Mr. Lee. We walk out. Our buddy Wes, he's all confused. Didn't know he had a free poster waiting for him. <laughs> um, In all fairness, we didn't either. We went back for ours. So. Well, I, I, I was, I, I thought we had one coming, but I figured they'd hand it to us. But that fat guy and that like skinny Mexican dude were not hospitable. No, Man. no, no. <laughs> Mister Lee was cool, but again, a lot Lee of the people, cool. a lot of the people there were just kind of like, I'm, I'm just here. I'm just, I'm just working. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, what do we do next after that, man? We we have to uh, forget. To, we got to go look, man, because freaking uh, you know, we you, you know you had your opportunity to go look for uh, for your X Men one earlier. I actually got a chance to go kind of take like ten minutes and like run around and try to see what I could find, and actually found uh, a grail. The grail, the grail I was looking for right off the bat. Right, right off the bat. Freaking, uh, I was able to find Amazing Spider-Man 194, first appearance of Black Cat. Is this what's in the box? Oh, yeah. No, freaking, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a good one, man. Freaking, I got that. Freaking, that was kind of like the big one. I was, like, obviously, you know, if I could find the Grail of Grails for myself, X-Men, uh, Giant Size X-Men 1, at an affordable price, you know, would have been... You know, none higher than that. But we would have had to leave immediately. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we're not we're not walking around with a thousand dollars just in our backpack just like that. Um, yeah. But no, nah, man, freaking, I was able to find the black cat I was looking for. Um, X Men or not X Men? Amazing Spider Man one ninety four in a pretty uh pretty good condition, and I was able to talk um talk the uh, guy down. De- uh, what I felt was a decent amount of money, so freaking ended up walking out with that. So I could, I, I was pleased as punch that I was able to fi- finally actually acquire uh, Amazing Spider-Man 194. Cause that was one that I had uh, missed out on earlier, and gonna make an attempt not to let that happen again. And you got 198 too. I got 298. 298. 298. I got, Two ninety. I got two ninety eight, which is the uh, the issue before the first cameo appearance of Venom, which is the issue before 
the first full appearance of Venom in yes, Amazing Spider-Man 300. I got an accidental grail. I got a print really? by, by Mr. David Mack, signed with the mirror pen. I don't know if it's reflected nice. or not there. Freaking Fight Club mm. is one of my end-all be-alls. I don't know. What did you do with your poster, man? Because this thing is heavy-duty. Yeah, no, it's just a... Uh, it's rolled up in a closet right now. I'm kind of... I got to get a frame for it. Yeah, this needs a frame. Like, like an expensive frame. Uh, yeah, no, it's freaking out of... Got that. We got the lithograph from uh, the Jim Lee experience, which is a, a signed picture of the Trinity. Yes, sir. Which is awesome. And I got three of the 12, and I ordered six of them offline afterwards. But I remember getting them. You handed me a grill I didn't know I needed. Well, I did want, but I didn't know I was like. That I could get it. You didn't know which one it was. Lady Deathstrike number one, Alpha Flight number thirty-four for a dollar. For a dollar. And then found uh, Marvel Comics presents Weapon X number eighty-four and eighty-one, just these gorgeous covers. Oh. And I just bought them, mm -hmm. and this guy was like, "Where did you find those?" And I'm like, "In those boxes over there." And he's like, "Were there any more?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, brother." Sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, brother. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't because I got. I got the first appearance of Black Cat. I got Amazing Spider-Man 298. I also picked up Morbius 18 because I'm on the low trying to collect all the uh, 90s Morbius comic books. I believe there are 32 of them, and I've got a little more than half of them right now. Well, hey, man, those uh, Dark Knights books are absolutely 100%, but you got to be careful because if, like, after you're done with that, you're going to be getting all the Ghost Riders. And a few of the Doctor Stranges in Death's Head, and uh, there's a few um, the Marvel Knights books. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, they, they they were all they were all intertwined. They, there was a the uh, third series. I know there was, a, there was a Rise of the Midnight Suns, and then there was Rise of the Midnight Suns. That's what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah, cause I've um, got, and they all got half of the original. The I think it was like six issues. That was a setup for that. I've got three of them that I recall right now. I might have another midnight. Another couple, but another yeah, I think there's. Sun. It's either five or six in that whole in that uh, series to start everything up. But yeah, I got those ones, and I picked up um, Astonishing Tales twenty five, which is the first appearance of Deathlock. Sing it loud and proud, brother. Yeah, it was it was good, man. Freaking uh, you know, not everyone's cup of tea, but I was kind of. I always kind of liked Deathlock, especially in the uh, the Maximum Carnage storyline. He was cool in that. And, I'll give you that. Yeah, he was cool in that. Like we. we but yeah, I've seen it a couple of places. I never got around to actually buying it myself, and I picked it up. I picked up that one in uh, Amazing Spider-Man two ninety eight. And since I got a couple of them, I got it at a little bit of a discounted rate, saved about I think twenty bucks or so. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, that gentleman was actually a. He worked with you, man. Like, uh, I dug him. Yeah. Good dude. Freaking, uh, probably my personal, easily my personal favorite booth there. He had, he had a bunch of stuff. Freaking, uh, you know, I was looking at, you know, we've talked about multiple times on the podcast. My goal right now is to get, um, Uncanny X Men 94 through 544. And I found a guy that had quite a bit of them. But every issue was like 
just not what I was looking to pay. Stupid. Not what I've gotten from other places. That dude, he wasn't. He he didn't even look at you until you talked to him. Mm-hmm. But like, and then and then he'd hand you something, and then he'd go back down to write in his notebook. And I remember you walking around the corner, and I'm like. Just walk away with it, man. <laughs> like, in my, yeah. like, like it was, it was going on my head, but like immediately, I'm thinking like this place is probably filled with undercover fucking. Oh yeah, no, definitely freaking. Uh, but yeah, man, like I looked, he had a, he had a oh, first appearance of Scarecrow, Batman one eighty nine that I was kind of had my eye on, and like the price was right, but the quality just wasn't there, and I was like, man. And then those, like I said, I kept, I kept debating with myself over those X Men. And then, like, freaking, I was just like, no, man, I just, like, I was even like, man, if I buy, like, four or five of them, maybe I can get a good, a good little discounted price. None of us could, Chad and I could not justify, could not abide on that, man. Like, they were, like, yeah. that dude was too overpriced. I don't think yeah. he'd be giving he, he was trying to sell. He was trying to sell uh, comics I could get for $50 online for, like, triple the price. Yeah, the, the and I was just like I couldn't I couldn't validate it in my own mind to be like ah oh, it's worth it because like, there's always that you know I'll pay a little bit more because I'm I, it's physically in my hand now I can take it home yeah. I can physically see it so I, I can see the flaws I can see you know if it's uh you know if it's bent I can see where it's freaking creased you know but at least then I know and freaking right. is it worth it. Cause like you're never like if you get eBay, if you're buying off eBay or online, you're never a hundred percent sure of what you're buying until it's physically in your hands. That's a crapshoot, man. But the and that's a the, that's a big deal. Don't forget that gentleman. You know, and I, and that, I, that I buy a lot. Yeah, I know you do. Don't forget that gentleman that gave you the discount on uh, picking your Deathlock, um, showed you the cheapest one, but then pointed out the flaw. The flaw yeah. that ruined your jubilee you got. Mm-hmm. And he, he yeah, you're not he, wrong. Man. He was he was an honest gentleman on that. I I I, I glad I gave him four bucks or nine. Yeah. <laughs> the, the well, that's that's the thing, man. Freaking those, you know. If like you got to kind of, I feel like you, I feel like the biggest thing you have to be like if you're gonna do these comic shows is be a little bit prepared, because like you know you really. Because they're, 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 the prices are going to be a little higher because they're they're, they're paying for this. They're renting the spot for the day yeah. or the weekend, probably. You know, and you've got to, like, you can, there are definitely, like, kind of things you can think about to be, like, a little bit more prepared and be uh, a little more, like, helping out Lean to in. really kind of get, get a, uh, help out with getting the price down a little bit. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things I did is I had I had cash on me. You know, paying paying with a card is great, but you know, if you pay card, you have to pay taxes and freaking. I think the I feel like the price is a little more set in stone if you're paying with a card, yep. as opposed to paying with cash. You kind of meet in the middle a little bit more. Well, that gentleman you know, definitely that, played ball and was a good. I don't know what did you say, decent gentleman. Yeah, he seemed like a decent dude, man. You know. You know, doing that, you know, just being nice. He was there with the man. You definitely saw some, uh, you, I mean, you could definitely tell the people that were willing to, you know, to play ball as opposed to people that were just like, you know, here's what it is. Pay me, pay me the money and take my book and leave. Man, I freaking saw a uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, $9.8, $600. Mm-hmm. 
That's the one I was tempted at. Nice. Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is an old school goth comic came out by Slave Labor Comics. I want to say like around like 2001, maybe 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like in its ninth or fifteenth print now. Um, oh wow! Uh, worked at Hot Topic at that time, and uh, they were already in the seventh print. And I didn't care because the comic was so good, but I've always wanted the number one, like the first print. And I'm like six hundred dollars for that, like um. I, I I didn't have my glasses on. I th- I thought it said sixteen hundred dollars, but then when we came back and I saw it, it was like six hundred. Like, mm. it just because it's graded, it's that much. Can't justify yeah. it. Yeah, J- can't justify yeah. it. I want to open that. And that that's the thing, man. I think you got to freaking you got to figure out a what you can't afford, and then b is it is it going to be worth it for you? Right. Because like it doesn't like. You know, if you're trying to resell it for a higher price, you know that's that's your thing. You know, but if like if you're looking for it for your personal collection, then like you know you really have to you know justify it to yourself. Is it worth? Is it worth the price? Whatever the price, if you find it in a dollar bin, or if it's you know a fifteen hundred dollar comic book, you know you have to decide on you know personally, is it worth it for me to have that book? Not for six hundred dollars graded. I'd want to open it. Yeah, I'd want to open it, yeah. and I'd want to open it and see it say first print. Mm-hmm. I've seen videos of people trying to open up their graded comics, and it ruins them. Yeah, there's no getting those things out without hurting it. Just yeah. not gonna happen. Whether you chainsaw it open at the top and slide it out, vibrations. Uh, no, you're gonna hurt your comic. But that was the only one I saw that, like, um, I was, like, yearning for. But then, uh, that's when I got hangry. <laughs> like, we need food. We need food. For yeah. getting, we got to get out of here. And then we, it takes us 20 minutes to get out. And the small Asian guy was like, food's back there. All the way back there. And then we get back there and, I, like... Honestly, man, I almost had a panic attack. I was already... I'm, I'm not good around crowds, man. Like, just... I'm always worried something's going to happen or... Um, and, uh... And, and the lines were insane. In Spain. The lines looked cool. The lines looked really cool with all the cosplayers, but freaking... It was... It, it lines everywhere. Freaking, uh... You know, freaking... It was, it was ridiculous. You know? But, we needed that, that. that was that's another another brilliant thing to think about freaking if you're uh, going to a con for an extended period of time bring food and snacks yeah you, you know your, freaking uh you had your delicious I, I had little little things a trail mix and freaking a couple of waters just to be on the safe side man freaking you know then you know you're talking about being hangry and whatnot i'm offering it's like no dude i need like a burger i need some i need some real food and i'm like you know no, I appreciate doesn't you. Doesn't sound like I, the worst idea. I appreciated you, man. Like it wasn't me not appreciating you. I wanted like I didn't I didn't want a tasty treat. I wanted a burger and uh freaking uh that was probably the best decision we made that day, other than buying a few of our grills. Uh was just like, Yeah, I was like, I was gonna say that amazing Spider Man one ninety four was freaking best decision I made all day. Oh, I agree. I agree, and then like let's just or, like, or meeting Jim Lee, obviously. Jim Lee, yeah, but then like let's go get some fresh air. Let's get the or running into Becky Cloonan, which is awesome. Ah, uh, if only. <laughs> if only. 
But she didn't go because Temple Smith was there. Gotcha. Um, no, we went outside, got some fresh air. We were on we were on 12th Street. We hoofed it over to 16th Street Mall, and uh, I was like, mm-hmm. wanted some tilted kilt. And then we landed on Chili's, and the menagerie of misfits that were drunker than heck. <laughs> Dude, at three o'clock. It, 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 it was. It was what? No, it was, it was. I think it was like two. I think it was. We were there. Two, we were there between two. It was, we were back at the con by three. Right. But by two o'clock, because you were like, we were like, you know, we either had to wait for a seat, or you were like, hey, we can just go sit at the bar if you want. I'm like, cool, whatever. I don't. Yeah, care. let's go sit down. Yeah, so we go sit down at the bar, freaking find a couple of seats. Freaking the guy next to me, it was two in the afternoon, and this dude was seven, eight, nine sheets to the wind. Dude, I could see already. his I could see his like the vodka coming like the vodka vapor Seeping coming out of, his, out of his mouth. Yeah, like like and you're just like you're turning away and he's just not getting it and uh then like the hottest chick from Texas walks in and everyone thinks she's BSing because she's got the fakest Texas accent and she's packing. And uh, we, we we couldn't figure it out if that was the brother or the boyfriend, but regardless, good or for him. Or a little him. bit both. <laughs> good for him. Uh, homie to the side that uh, was uh, to our, uh, our left. This is left. And... Um, He's just cussing up a storm, and then there was homie over here that was old artist guy wearing his sunglasses inside, wearing a Joy Division shirt, and mm-hmm. they were hilarious. And, like They all had something to say. Uh, you're going to Comic-Con? Yeah. Good for you! <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you're, you're... I, I, had, I had my backpack on me and freaking pulled out my 194 just to look at it, and the dude that was drunk next to me just all of a sudden wants to talk about it. And freaking like he's got one comic book in his collection, and it's in his safe deposit box, <laughs> and it is Death of Superman, Superman seventy five. Not and even he's like brother, brother. Is that worth something? And you're just like you, you just break his old drunken heart. I didn't mind. Soaked in vodka and rum. I didn't mind. Is it probably a couple other substances? Is it all black? And you're like, dude, it's it's probably at best twenty bucks. Yeah, if you've got the poly bag one, but you don't have the you you'd remember the all black bag with the bloody Superman symbol on the front. You've got a three dollar comic book sitting in your safe deposit box that you probably are paying for that freaking comic. And uh, then uh, we met like the coolest freaking bartender ever, Mister Jazz. My jazz. Mr. Jazz, he was hilarious. He was a good bartender. Uh, Freaking, I was like, like, I had to risk it, man, because it it was another risk for me. Because, like, asking asking a black guy if he's watched Chappelle's show is kind of a risk. (laughs) Like, and, um... Everybody loves Chappelle's show. Everybody loves Chappelle's show, but like before when I, we... I believe I actually got my wife that either for her birthday or like uh, anniversary gift. Oh, that's a good present. Got her the both seasons. Great present. Freaking before when we were trying to find our way out, I'm like, dude, that's the little dude that was in the video in the uh, sketch with the uh, the freaky freaking uh, video camera where it shows the inner dude and the, that's the bouncer. And it was him. <laughs> it was him. It was him. And uh, and then Jazz proceeds to tell us the most depressing story. To break that, your heart. 
that Dave Chappelle heart. is not a very nice gentleman. And but it to to your to your accord here, uh, he's probably the most excellent person to his close people. He's probably respectful to everyone else, but uh, doesn't have to be that nice to everyone. But uh, I mean, of course, Chris Rock's a nice guy. You talk about how nice Chris Rock is. Um, been trained like that since freaking Saturday Night Live, but Dave Chappelle has always been on his own. Yeah. And played by his own rules. Um, but uh, it was cool uh, that uh, I felt bad because they were closing that Chili's there on the 16th Street Mall because uh, I'd wanted to go there again if he was there because that guy was so cool. Like, like he handled yeah. he handled 16 drunks at 2 in the afternoon like it was nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and he was uh, he, he was completely fine. Freaking told jokes, told stories, you know, slung bar. Yep. Freaking, you know, just a great dude. Freaking kept everything going. Kept everything going. Uh, our burgers were a little overdone, but they were still delicious. That hit the spot, man. Oh my god, that hit the spot. We probably would have yeah. paid thirty five dollars each for like half that burger and two or three fries. At Comic Con, it was just nice to get the heck out of there, man. And uh, on the way there, we saw Kite Master, um, Kite Man, Kite Man. We saw um, that girl that we were we were gonna cross the other street, and we're like, no, we're crossing this street. <laughs> In the, uh, the 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 full body uh, the full body paint as like uh, without skin. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Hoof it back in, go searching for more grails, and then uh, finally got a hold of Chad, met up with him, and your Marco yeah, Polo worked. Barely, barely found him in the freaking, in the uh, the mass of humanity trying to have him, him eating his hot dog and whatnot, his brat. Yeah, he was eating his brat, and you're like, Marco Polo, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there he is, and I, I turn around, you're gone, and, and like you, you like spotted the back of his head. Which was like That's freaking true. magic, and uh, and then oh, my glasses on. We finished the con with him, man. That was cool. Like it was like he, he's just a good guy, man. Like uh, we'll, we'll hang out with him more. Not a great dude, freaking good times, man. Freaking uh, different, different variant or nerd than myself personally, but just overall, just a good dude. He's serious, man. Like he loves his wife, loves his kids. Like just a stand-up guy. I mean, like, like yeah. he—he's never raised his voice to me. He's like, like he's just a mild-mannered gentleman, and uh, I love him with my heart, man. And uh, I don't say that about uh, about a lot of people. And uh, it was it was an honor to be trekking around freaking Comic Con with you two, and we hunted we hunted down uh, freaking Temple Smith and. You bought something because yeah, you I ended up finding ended up finding Ben Templesmith, which freaking uh, you know, he's the uh, the artist for Fell is from where I know him. Freaking uh, Hellspawn, um, which kind of made Wormwood. me kind of made me mad because I didn't think about it. Freaking because like I said, you'd mentioned it a couple times that he was gonna be there, and I we, never we looked. It never dawned on me to freaking pick up uh, for all my jokes about me being prepared and you not being prepared. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. I should have freaking. I, I should have gone. You know, hunting for fell issues. I had your back because I, I want it. Every time we and went freaking, to anyone else, I, I looked for a fell issue, even if it was number yeah. eight. Yeah, we went. We went looking around for anything we could find before we went and talked to him. But yeah, I ended up going to Ed's Fourth um, of July 
Good old Glenn. And freaking Ed had freaking eight of the nine fell issues right there. Freaking completely, you know, worth every penny of it. Freaking, and first uh, print, worth, too. I think the most, yeah. I think issue one was like six bucks and everything else was either five or three bucks a pop. You got you got number one for six dollars? Six dollars. That's before the discount. That so I paid four dollars and eighty cents for it. That wonderful discount Uncle Ed gives us to us, make sure that we're prepared exactly. and taken care of. Freaking Yep. Freaking I ended up getting uh eight out of the nine fell issues. Well for probably for a total of about twenty twenty bucks probably. Well if it makes you feel like any I better. T- just because I picked up other stuff, and then I went home, and I freaking randomly I'm missing issue six, which I promptly ordered off of eBay of for under I think it was like seven or eight bucks for that one after shipping. Now, now we gotta have a wizard contest. We're, we're no one's gonna win this contest. You've got a signed print of Templesmith Batman, and I've got a signed print of uh, the uh, trade paperback of Felt. With the Snowtown logo mm-hmm. that he personally drew and signed the inside. No, no, you totally win that one. I want, I want freaking like I, I need, I want to meet him again so I can get my freaking number one sign to get the freaking Snowtown on there. You gotta get the Snowtown, man. Like honestly, man, I have zero tattoos. Age, uh, last time I was at his shop, he was like, "Hey, I got an extra one of these," and uh, he hands me this like tattoo salve, and I'm like, "I don't have any tattoos," and he's like, "What?" I'm like. I have zero tattoos, man. I've got a lot of cuts on me from back in the day when I was stupid. But uh, I have um, no tattoos. Um, I will. When I when you and I escape the real world, I'm getting branded. I want it. I've, I've thought about it since the, since I got that comic. I want, I want it the way it happened to him. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I'm not getting branded. I'm no, telling you that right I'm, now. <laughs> I'm not getting a. I'm not getting a nice, pretty, freaking someone made a perfect brand of it. I want a clothes hanger, Snowtown X, lit up with someone's big lighter, and I want it on. I want it on the right spot. That that comic meant everything to me. Like that comic influenced my DJing, because uh, I don't know if you were paying attention to what I was talking. And, like help me understand because I never, uh, I read an interview with Warren Ellis about it about their uh, ethos that it was going to be a really dense comic book with like a lot of content, but with like cheap mm-hmm. paper so you could pay less for it. And uh, yeah, I did that with my DJ shows. I, Need them uh, all on dense paper. I uh, on cheap paper. I booked all the best DJs in town and at light because there was five different rooms at light, and um, everyone mm-hmm. had their own room. Everyone was able to bring their own stuff, and I split all the money evenly. And they were there when I got paid, and they were there when I divvied it up. And the uh, drink special was a two dollar uh, uh, lunchbox, which is exclusive to Oklahoma City. It's a, um, you mix uh, half and half of uh, Coors Light and Minute Maid orange juice and drop a shot of Amaretto in it, and then you chug it. It's delicious. It sounds nasty. It's delicious. And uh, and then then we had had $2 Wells and then uh, $1 uh, Domestics. So all my homies that... 
I DJed for at all the um, like the little like indie places. Got to come downtown and park for free, and come in and see all of the indie DJs that we all DJed together at an even nicer place and got even better drinks. And it was and I even designed the flyer to make it look like fell. Oh, nice. Yep. Even designed the flyer to make it look like... I called it Bang Bang. And it was all bloody machine guns and stuff. And uh, did the half and half. And um, mm-hmm. so it was... He's got a special place in my heart. But, like, I kind of still feel like he was going to jerk to me, man. Because I was, like, kind of intense. I'm like, where's issue 9? <laughs> what's issue 10? 10, yeah, 10. Because I've got issue 9. Yeah, 10. Where's 10? And he's like... It's on a shelf somewhere. He hasn't given it to me yet. And do you have any input? Nope. And that was like another revelation that lined up with realizing that Jim Lee was just a man. What does Minefields do all the time? In-house everything. It's true. We, we don't outsource for Apparently nothing. now we stock Temple Smith. Exactly. <laughs> but we're all in it. Now all, I need my Seinfeld number one. We're all in-house. It's true. We're all in-house. Whether whether it's the Fed or uh, Fourth Day or the, the podcast or Dark, it's all in-house. All of us contribute 50-50. Um... Except y'all don't do the photos, that's okay. Um, but because of you, I get to do the photos, which is why I give y'all the credit for it. Um, it's all in-house. He had no input. Yeah. No input. And that was, like, so strange to me, man. Could you imagine drawing such an intense comic book and not having any input? That's a little bit weird. You're not wrong. Just, here it is. Draw it. All right, dude. He gets emailed the script and he's expected to pump it out in a month. Like you and I work on everything pretty much every other day. I mean, like you, yeah. you, you and Jeff have a meeting like every like what Wednesday? Yeah, kind of a couple times a week normally. But even then, like tweak what, on that, tweak on this, tweak on that. What you guys pump out, it's all in house, all in house, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of trust. Yep. And what he told me essentially was. No trust. Just do it. Yeah. That would suck, man. I don't know. I mean, it's some people prefer it, I'm sure, man. Freaking, you know, some people are all prefer to have input, and some people are just like, you know, tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. I guess we should different. Uh, get, goes back to the different strokes, the mentality, man. You read my mind. So. But yeah, nah, freaking Temple Smith. I th- thought he was cool. Freaking, uh, he was cool you know, as bought ice. that bought that poster. Freaking, we got it signed. Mirror pen. You know, freaking definitely wanna, definitely wanna you know meet him again and freaking get a film one signed. I'm trying to think of any like, Brian. No, it's just it's just really kind of you know it was overall just a great experience doing Comic Con, man. Just kind of, no, nice to relax in your nerd dumb a little bit. Just kind of, yeah. Go go a little bit nuts and just have have a good time. Birdman and Birdwoman yeah. were cool. Um, there was like the only one that like frightened me was like 
overly scantily clad, probably 13 years old Sailor Moon. I'm like, what the fuck? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Comic-Cons, I mean, you're going to see... No, that, that one was I, like, I guess, uh, she walked right past came up with that great came up with that great app idea about freaking... Uh, yeah, you had being able to freaking take the freaking take the picture up, or not the picture per se, but like scan people and know what their character is based on a uh, their um their costume, you know, because like a little detail if you don't know, because I you know I'm not the biggest anime like I don't mind anime, but it's not like something I search out for. Agreed. It's like if you if you're dressed in an anime co- co- costume, unless you're from like One Punch Man, I have no idea who you are. I saw, Even if you're like a Dragon Ball Z character. I saw Haruko from uh, Fully Cooly one time. They actually had a um, a uh, freaking uh, her Vespa at uh, back when it was Denver Comic Con a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this year they had at the Time Machine. Um, was that the car from Fast back and the, to the Furious? Future? Well, the, I said Back to the Future, but the the other the black car, the Charger. Was that the one from freaking uh, Fast and the Furious, or was that Blades' car? Because I'm thinking it was Blades. I don't know. I'm thinking it was Blades. I, dude, I haven't, I haven't watched a Fast and the Furious since Fast Five, Fast Six, maybe. I've only seen the first one, man. Um, I couldn't tell last time. I tried, I need to rewatch the Blades at some point. I think you were talking about how they hold up, and I'm like, I haven't seen one in forever. Yeah, they they hold up, man. They hold up. Three is hilarious. Two is decent, but one is. I remember the first solid. two being really good. The third solid. one wasn't. Didn't hold up quite as well. It didn't, but it's still funny. It's Ryan Reynolds, oh, we, but. I don't. I don't know why we didn't get a picture with us in front of the Batmobile. We should have. Yeah, that Corvette Batmobile was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty bad. We were on a mission. Freaking uh, yeah. And, you know, I say you know, freaking overall, I say mission accomplished, man. Freaking got a. Got the grail I was looking for. Freaking, I'm like, I kind of went a little nuts afterwards. If freaking bought some stuff on eBay with some of the money I had left over. Found a couple. Freaking, uh, found a get couple there and uh, hopefully next week's episode. Oh, for sure. Uh, I ordered most of them on eBay uh, for Weapon X, and um, yeah, that was what I was looking for. Um, And I'm kicking myself because I probably should just ask it if he has them. <laughs> yeah, nine. They're probably not wrong. Ed's got uh, Ed's, Ed's got probably one, easily one of the best collections in town as far as back issues go. Continuous Possibly the best. Collection. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the thing, dude. You're never like Ed's and uh, Ed's is always a place where you might find you might if you walk in on the right day you can find some freaking gold. Like a giant size, and you're never you're never quite sure whether it's the comics or pops. You know, you could, you, know, you come in on the right day, the right time, you could find something brilliant. Yeah, like when I walked in and found all those McFarlands. Yeah. And remember, I walked, I walked, I happened to walk in at the right time, and he had the entirety of a Maximum Carnage for fifty bucks. I was like, "Yes, sir, I will." Oh, I remember that. Yeah, good times. Yeah, for you. Well, I got my Witchblade. You did get your Witchblade. Got my Witchblade. Um, yeah, Uncle Ed, he's he's the best. It's it's the best continuous reciprocal collection. Like, you're not going to mm-hmm. go in and, and 
go through all the boxes again and be like, oh, it's all the same stuff from last time. It's not yeah. going to happen. No, Plus, yeah, no. If, if, if anyone's going to have it in town, it'll be Ed, maybe maybe Vans. Maybe Vans. And then freaking uh, Escape Velocity. Oh, Escape Velocity or... Um, Kapow, if you're if you're lucky. Correct. Kapow, Kapow tends to keep a pretty decent. Like their back, like their back issues aren't necessarily the best, but their walls can be amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know that's one of the big things about comic book shops for me is freaking. If you've got a good selection of wall books, I will keep coming back because I want to know what's on your wall next week. Yeah, all C's is the cherry. Uh, all season yeah. cherry um, but we only go there on select Sundays when we have a lazy Sunday when we've got nothing else to do we're definitely not late for anything um, yeah but Sundays is the perfect day perfect day brother yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like when we venture to, uh, to Lubbock and we should... You know, we stop at the, those lazy Sundays in Amarillo mm-hmm. to go to Big Apple. Yeah, you know, when nothing's because nothing's going on on a Sunday. No, nope, nothing's going on on a Sunday. Nope, nope. But Not got, a thing. We got a couple. Com- well, uh, we, well, let's wind it down. Uh, we're. I'm like my feet are killing me. I want to get the heck out of here. And you're like fine. And you get like made three more stops. And then. We're walking out, like, we're literally, like, three feet away from, like, the the exit, and I'm like, I gotta go back. And you're like, what the hell? (laughs) And, 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 uh, I'm walking past... What did you need? Because I needed to go back. I I needed to look at the Pops, because I came up with this brilliant idea for all the, uh... No, your brilliant idea for the Pops. We gotta talk about that. Um, Yeah. Do that first. Okay, so... I got this idea off of a web, uh, something I saw on YouTube where this um, woman was talking about her husband's comic book room. And he had this, uh, he, all like, a bunch of his big number ones he had in these glass cases. But with the number ones, he had the pop figure Beautiful. of the, uh, the character in question. And you needed a shadow cat, a Jean Grey, a rogue, and, and, a, bl- uh, and a black cat. And a black cat. And I was like, I was looking because I was like, okay, which which issues are my like really looking for? Because like I'm like, oh, I want you know, freaking, I, I I need a black cat, I need a rogue, and I I did I found we found this comic guy and the and the, there was pop guy, and he had a Constantine, like for seventy seven dollars. The thing was though, that's actually about what the going rate on it is on eBay is. Like I I was surprised it was that expensive. But I was like, oh, like I can, I can wait for it to come back around, maybe, because that's what I had to do with my two face. Because I freaking um. You don't have a Hellblazer number one. I, I don't. I do. <laughs> you don't have a New Mutants ninety eight. I've got a Spider Man number three hundred. Yeah, that's like a number one, number two thing. Freaking uh. No. No, I've got a Spider-Man 300. Don't okay. you dare downplay that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not downplaying it at all. But what's in number one or number two, depending on who you what you're into. Copy, 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 copy. Uh, that's that's uh, again. Copy. You know, personal personal opinion on that one because those are like 
currently those would be the two biggest characters to come out of the late 80s early 90s i would say other than carnage yep Car- i would say carnage i would say carnage is addition a third especially after the la- latest venom movie he's a distant like I, I, venom venom's de- like I will say, like, to, in my opinion, Venom is the biggest villain in Spider Spider Man's gallery, uh, villains gallery. Oh, over Green Goblin? I, I personally would say so. That was the big bad in my mind. But again, like I said, it's a personal thing. Personal choice. Copy. You know, like in my mind, growing up in the '90s and with Spider Man animated cartoon, like Venom was the big bad. Was, you know, if you if you freaking if you think Green, if Green Goblin's your personal favorite or freaking you think he's the biggest bad in Spider Man's no, gallery, he's bad. No, totally, he's not, he's not the biggest bad. You probably got Venom. as good an argument as I do. It's all Venom. But for my personal taste, I would say Venom. It's all Venom. It's all another, Venom. He is he is the saber tooth to Spider Man's Wolverine. In my opinion, you know if 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 you don't agree, you don't agree. No big deal. No big Nothing deal. wrong with it. As long as we have a good discussion about it. Now, yeah. they don't have what, we're, what you're looking for. We're on our way out. We're on your third stop real quick. And I'm like, real quick, I got to double back. And I'm, okay. wa- I'm walking past a guy that looks like Albert Einstein. <laughs> oh, yeah. And freaking... Uh, and I saw the guy, and I didn't, I didn't put it together. Until you said it, and I was like, "Oh, it's obvious." I, I when saw. You said it. I saw him, and then my mind slowly pieced it together. I saw him. He had a cane, and he had a burlap sack on him. And I'm like, "Wait a second. And I went and caught up with him, and I'm like, "Excuse me, sir, you wouldn't happen to be crushing your enemies?" And he's like, "I crush my enemies." And he he threw the, like he opened the bag and threw the <laughs> raven on the ground and stomped it, and. <laughs> And, and like, like he popped. He popped so hard. And, like, like it was even better because I felt like no one got who he was. Yeah. And I, 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 I saw him because he was with a, he was with a lady. I can't remember what the was lady a, was dressed as. She was all in black, and she was much shorter and had black hair. But mm-hmm. it didn't matter because I wanted to talk yeah, to But Mr. I walked Alfred right past him. I, did, I didn't pick it up until you, you came back and you mentioned it. Yeah. And he, he, hands, he was perfect. He was mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. Like, like he had no hesitation to dump that raven out and stomp it, and mm-hmm. and shook his hand, and it was like best cosplay of the night. <laughs> For those who don't understand, though, would you explain what the cosplay is? He was the uh, he was cosplaying a Adam Driver Saturday Night Live uh, character where he showed the up oil to baron. The oil baron. Oil is not for the weak. Because <laughs> once you said it, I got it. And then when I brought it up to my wife, she laughed her butt off because she picked up. She knew exactly what I was talking about. Because she, my wife, is a big Pete Davidson fan, and Pete Davidson plays his son in the skit. Children, point to the weakest in your class. Feel this boy. <laughs> <laughs> HR Panassis. Exactly! <laughs> I want to be just like you. And show you shall! <laughs> it, was, it was the best. It's one of the best 
SNL skits as SNL skits I've ever seen. And this guy yeah. was like, I'm walking past, like, is that he's supposed to be Edison? And then I saw, and then and then we're walking past, and like my periphery sees the burlap sack and the cane. I'm like, oh, absolutely not. We gotta go talk to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. We, we finally get outside, and, uh, oh, uh, we forgot the part where we bumped into a gentleman that we were hoping to bump into. Cormac Battle? Yeah, sure him. <laughs> Duffer. Oh, yes, the Duffer. The Duffer. We finally bumped into the, like, we're, like, I'm surprised we haven't bumped into the Duffer. Good old Duff Doyle. Good old Duff Doyle. Representing that golden Colorado. It made the day even better. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's a good day when you meet the Duffer. Every day is a good day when you're Duff Doyle. Every day is a great day when you meet Duff Doyle. And freaking, he... We took a... He he took a great selfie with us. It was just... Him and his brother Dink. Oh, Dink. Dink with his awesome... Good old Dink Doyle. Signed, uh, Kevin Eastman, Ninja Turtle backpack. That's um, true. But for the record, I did not, uh, I was not okay with that photo. Well, you weren't smiling. No. I was, was it, uh, brutally against the photo with me and the, uh, good old Dink. Was it because I'm taller than both of you guys? Yes, because after 40 years of life, that is my greatest regret. That I am not taller than you. Well, like, if it makes you feel any better, I said it to my mom. She's like, why are you wearing your stupid black nail polish? I'm like, really? That's what you got out of this photo? <laughs> <laughs> Was the nail polish? Like, anytime I go out anywhere that's fancy, I wear, I, actually, the I always wear black nail polish. <laughs> but, uh, um, it's my fancy black nail polish. It's my fancy, like, 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 like uh, last time we went out, like, you interrupted me putting it on, ruined three of my fingers, one as smooth as the others. But uh, even then, like she's like, wow, your friends look so cool. Why are you wearing black nail polish? Because <laughs> <laughs> your mom has taste. Because it makes me feel pretty. Unfor- Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't pass down. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. We, we, not, uh, you were that, stuck in. You were stuck in the late '90s, sir. Absolutely, man. Uh, freaking. That was when we were walking back in with from Chili's, but then we walked out, and then uh, good old best bud Chad made sure we had the mad hookup of how we got home on the freaking train. And it's true. We sure we sure we jumped on the right ones. We had the luxury ride back on on the choo train. <laughs> You're like freaking Connor can't find out about this. <laughs> every spot every stop we're like is this our spot is this our stop is this our stop oh that's our, that's our stop so like, we did eventually end up on the right one we did we, we figured it out we got mm-hmm. home like true adults we ended up getting ourselves home true and, and like I made it home like not going 98 miles but dude I I was hauling on the way to... yeah no we, we made it it was it was uh, it was epic El, Elvira she can haul yeah, El- Elvira can haul, and uh, that's my uh, name of my s, my uh, my Honda. Because of course it is. You no, know, she's got a fat butt. <laughs> that is what you take from this. 
my SI Elvira she hauls. When she when I need Elvira to get somewhere fast, she delivers. Every freaking time. Every nice. freaking time. And we got there right on time and it wouldn't have been the same without Chad. No, that's true, man. Freaking definitely Chad made it easier. He was good uh good buddy to have on the trip. Freaking I uh, wish we could I'm not gonna lie, man, wish we could have uh, hung out with him a little bit more. I agree, man. Seemed but... like a really good really good dude, freaking uh you know, we got a. We lost him. I don't know, man. It was overall just a it. great experience. Freaking, I ended up running into my uh, pharmacy manager while we were there. I didn't realize what she was dressed up as. I actually asked her that today. She was dressed up as a Cheshire cat. I did not realize that. And to give you your credit, I'm a genius. You are a genius. But to give you your credit. I have been fooled before. <laughs> I have been fooled before. And you were and you, my friend, were fooled yet again. Yet again. <laughs> Do you want to go into this story? No, we're not doing that on the show. <laughs> we're not doing it on the show, but uh uh, getting fooled by someone that had a bigger Adam's apple than me. <laughs> I told you I'd give you your credit. <laughs> it's actually in my friggin' notes <laughs> that I had to make sure <laughs> that you got your credit that I have been fooled before. <laughs> He had his bangs over his face, and, but not the Adam's apple. And then, and then you're like, "Those are fake." Like it was like um, I'm trying to think of the movie where, where like it, it was like basketball. It was like basketball. <laughs> like I was going to go to Wong Fu, but whatever. No, no, don't you dare talk crap on Tu Wong Fu. I, I never would. I wouldn't dream of it. That movie's a genius. <laughs> that movie's Shakespearean good. And I'm not even joking, uh, but it was uh, like basketball. I'm not even being facetious. It was like basketball. Like, uh, that's a dude. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. And you're like, that's a dude. <laughs> and um, no, it's not. That's a hot lady death. Not a hot lady death. She wasn't actually, like, I took a photo of her. Um, yeah, not hot lady death. Just dude and her. Cop outfit with a dress. I told you I would give you your credit on the show. So here you go. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This might be better than winning any freaking... Any... Get it out. Any final... Any picks from any pay-per-view ever. Yep. <laughs> And that's all that guy wanted too was just the uh, the adulation of the fans, as it were. And, she, and you, my good man, were a fan. And he wasn't even a lady death. It was just a just a dude in a dress. Just a dude in a dress with some fake boobies, some big old that's fake all boobies. You needed. You're like, that's a dude. I'm like, all I saw was the boobs, and you're like, no, that's a dude. And I'm like, you need to look up a little bit. His eyes are here. 
That's not what he was projecting. <laughs> right, well, I I know, I know that. He knows that. Now you know that, sir. I promised you your doo-doo on the show. <laughs> Funny enough, I'd actually completely forgotten about that. So you would have gotten away with it. It's a, a promise is a promise. We've always made promises and we always keep our promises. True. Uh, There's your dude. Good times. <laughs> and so uh, we escaped, made it home, got some good comics, good times, got our freaking signed prints, signed comics, and uh, it was worth every penny. It was worth every bit of travel. Travel every little bit, man. Like, uh, it was it was worth the moderate sexual confusion. I was confused. <laughs> All right. So, what what would you say was your favorite part of uh, Comic Con? Chili's or a uh, fan fan expo? Chili's. That that okay. man, that menagerie of drunk misfits at two in the afternoon with with jazz wrangling everybody while slowly getting everyone their food <laughs> and no one noticing because everyone was having a good time. Just a good time. Yeah. Just just a good time, man. Uh the the dude in the Joy Division shirt, he's like 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 the the dude next to you is like Comic Con Heck yes. <laughs> like you're so real, real real quick, while we're on the subject, do you want to go into what Joy Division is? Yes I do. I have no idea. Until you had explained it to me, I had no idea what Joy Division was. So there was a, a guy to our fight, our far this way, and um, our far this way, to the right. Um, he's like, "Oh, you're an artist." I'm like, "I know you're an artist," and he's like, "How do you know that?" And I'm like, "Cause you're wearing your sunglasses inside, and you're wearing a Joy Division shirt," and had to explain to the drunk guy who was a self-proclaimed music affinado that had no idea who Joy Division was or New Order. And, mm -hmm. and that was funny because he stopped paying attention to everything I said after every other word. But then came yeah. back and then um, just went outside chain-smoking most of the time. And like, like He was outside chain-smoking almost the entire freaking time. And yeah. uh, Jazz like cracking up like freaking like you should have said hi to the little man that was on Chappelle's show and I just was too worried about it and then the you were too worried about highly embarrassing yourself and offending him I was man like what if he wasn't that dude like oh like every little guy looks like the guy from the Chappelle show I was like worried about getting roasted and ending up on YouTube on fanexpo.com and if you had we would have a story to tell yeah, but here's the thing, man. If I if I was like five foot eight and I had like spiky hair and a baseball hat on, and uh, then you would look like me. Nice, no, the spiky hair. I, I would I would look like some random guy getting roasted, but my hair is down to my belly button. Um, wearing my catch freaking Wayfarers, Britt Baker shirt messenger bag like all y'all see me all the time bridge it around my neck that's joshua michael 
I'm like, we know who this fool is. Yes, exactly. Uh, even then, I just didn't want to, like, like bother him. You didn't want to insult the guy, I know. Yeah, I, I didn't, like, like, but it was definitely him. Oh, it was. It was definitely him, man. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw him on the Oprah show once. Were you on Oprah? Please. Yeah, maybe please. we should have led with that. Please don't ask me why I saw him on Oprah. And you were like, did you? Were you on Oprah as opposed to? Were you on Chappelle's show? I mean, could you imagine being on Chappelle's show, just for like ten minutes or five or one? Like one of the best comedic, everything. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Like when he's like shining the camera into the uh, mirror when it shows him the last person he slept with and it was an old lady. He's like, I gotta go drinking. <laughs> yeah. Or Carson Daly and it shows Carson Daly in the future and he's like, save your money, dude. <laughs> it was yeah. wonderful. It's Chappelle, man. It's Chappelle. I like. The comic kind of wants to start saving my money. Oh, next year. Next year, man. Next year, we got we got a freaking uh, Colorado Springs Comic Con in a month. <sighs> yeah. See what happens with that. Dum dum dum. I want to buy uh, if I can find it uh, a good price. Uh, Dragon Dagger uh, Legacy for my sister. For, oh yeah. We can get that Christmas shopping out of the way, dude. We can never find her that Dragon Dagger. Yeah. She was in love with the Pink Ranger, and her favorite ranger was the Green Ranger, and we could never... I remember we went to service merchandise, and they... Like, you ever go to service merchandise? Yeah. You'd go to the... You'd find the toy, but you couldn't pick up the toy. You'd look at it, but it had slips, and you'd take it to the back area, and you'd put it in a little slot, and a, a conveyor belt would pull it out for you. And they never had it. Ah, oh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, I remember watching a couple of Mexican chicks get in a fight uh, when uh, the Pirate Ranger movie came out, and uh, we just bought Robin one of the Happy Meals, MET, mm -hmm. and uh, we went into Walmart, and there was a couple of shopping carts filled with the the big ones. Remember the big ones, the good ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And seeing two Mexican women beat. The living dog crap out of each other for a pink and a and a red ranger. It was awesome. I can see that. But they were the only ones that they had. <laughs> uh, that's why that's why the fight happened. And I I can't blame them. I can't blame them. Their kids wanted it. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick breaky. And, uh, Come back and do some comics. Let's do some comics, man, because uh, Comic-Con, like, uh, we said it at the end. We always have a plan. The plan never goes right, but we always deliver. And we did. We absolutely delivered. Like, that was, I got some, we got, I'm not saying we got 100% of what we wanted, but we looked. Yeah, we freaking it was it was there. Just whether or not we uh, whether or not it was in the price range or what we were willing to invest in, man. Freaking, that was the biggest thing, man. I wanted those 
those other X Men, Uncanny X Men issues, and I just freaking we couldn't we couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to bring part with that much money for those issues. We couldn't let you justify those prices, man. We knew you could have found them cheaper on eBay yeah. for better condition, and we just couldn't let you do it. And we yeah, just is it is what it is, man. You gotta know. Uh, as Shit. a wise man once said, you gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them. And Chad was you know when to turn away and when to run. And Chad was the boss. Oh yeah, no. evil of Chad. Chad was the boss. Uh, we made a new friend, Mr. West. Like, uh, I, I hope he, I hope he keeps up with us, man. Yeah, I definitely hope so as well, man. Freaking, you know, seemed like a good cat. Freaking, uh, you know, brothers helping each other's out just for no other reason than we can. Yep. Yeah, let's uh, take a quick break, ski, and we'll get in the comics. We're going full Gotham because Batman was where it was at this week. In a one, yeah. two, three. Any recording. All right, we're back after a quick uh, little break ski there. We're about to do uh, Batman 89 number 6. And I got to tell you, man, I have been dreading this day for since I found out that this comic was coming out. I've been savoring. Really? Why is that? I've been savoring every moment, man. Like, this is reading like a true Tim Burton book. Um, mm -hmm. The best they can without Tim Burton. And yeah. I love the fact that there is, like, the tete-a-tete -tete between Two-Face and his other face in uh, Batman and Robin was lame. It, 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 was like, it was like Hackney. It was, it was like, it, 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 I read that, like, Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Lee, or not Jim Lee, Jim, uh, Jim Carrey. And, Jim Carrey. Uh, and uh, that he was too silly. And the truly silly person to me was the way that Two-Face talked to himself. And mm -hmm. the tete-a-tete the -tete between Two-Face, and I swear he's wearing half Beetlejuice here as an homage here, as they're having their fight in the, uh, in the sewers, and stay away. And uh, Two-Face detonates it, man. He really does it. And I love mm -hmm. the I love the fact that Batman got hurt. Yeah. And I can see that have been a part of part three because Batman did get hurt quite a few times in uh, mm -hmm. the original two. But we've got Selina Kyle being the. Uh... I mean, I'm glad Selina was there because, like, after what we read in, in the new issue of Batman. Number one twenty-five. Mm -hmm. um, I like seeing Selena back. Just I've missed her. It's been a it's been a while. And yeah. Robin and gets framed. I, I I didn't understand this panel. Which part? Like where Two Face goes back to his old hood and mm -hmm. chatting with. His, his old homeboy that's like, yeah, you you only trusted four people. You, um, you, you're doing everything wrong now. And Harvey puts a bullet in his head. Um, I love the way the artwork demonstrates how scared he is that it's going to land on the wrong spot. Yeah. And then, then it happens. And Robin gets framed, and Batman 
you know, he shows up in the cave after he took photos of him all beat up in the in the uh, in the sewers, which reminded me, like, I didn't really want it in the sewers because we saw that in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was a pretty big part of the penguin story. That's where the penguins were all at. Yeah, extremely, extremely big, extremely big part. And like, I have no time frame here. Batman is in an arm brace in a wheelchair. The the Batmobile apparently has a trunk. Of course, where are you gonna put the back groceries? Well, have you ever seen the, like the trunk of a Lamborghini or a Porsche? Mm-hmm. It's very small. Yeah, you can't fit anything in there, let alone except groceries. Like one bag. But if you watch, if you play Arkham Asylum or uh, Arkham Knight, you can fit bodies in the trunk. I guess you got a whole seat in there. I only got so far in Batman Asylum. Ah, you missed out. I'm not good at. Once you got past the, once you got past the the freaking dinette the. Batmobile issues originally. Actually, I, I enjoyed it. I told you when we were in traffic walking to Chili's, I'm terrible at video games. This could have been the second level, and I might not have ever made it. Um, I, I love the fact that they perfectly capture like Billy D. Williams and uh, Michael Keaton, especially because what I've read about how uh, Billy D. Williams got screwed out of being Two-Face. Mm-hmm. I love that the giant penny drops on him. It, it's it's only poetic justice, but then it's just Selena. Like, I think she's truly the, the evil person in this issue. Yeah, maybe. Until that's the end. that's that's the thing that's that's kind of the thing like we see uh you know when Robin gets arrested you know he's basically beating up a a man that's freaking mentally ill like you know two face isn't necessarily a good guy necessarily a bad guy he's a, he's a guy with problems he's trying to play Robin Hood you know yeah and he he thinks that, and that's the thing. He thinks of himself as Robin Hood, but does that necessarily make him right and or wrong? You know, it's it's you know, I see. it's for somebody to decide. But you know, as you know, as a reader, as you know, it's for us to decide. But like this guy's got his issues. I see. You know, and freaking. But then again, he did murder somebody in cold blood for he- no because because of the flip of a coin. So, I mean, he's hurting somebody, so it makes him a bad guy. He killed Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Killed Commissioner Gordon, killed his, his friend from back in the day that runs the garage. You know, but I mean, if you're looking at it, you know, he's he's this public official that got punched out from by this kid, and he's obviously got himself some mental issues. So, like, from a public perspective, if you're living in Gotham, I could see the point of being like, oh, this guy punched the former DA. But we get to the scene where the giant penny's falling on him. Two-Face. 
Fun fact, do you know the giant penny is not actually an homage to Two-Face? Oh, I know that for sure. I'm just glad they use it in some sort of sense at all. True, but do you know where it's from? You know who originally did the giant penny? I do not. It's the Penny Plunderer, who is a Golden Age Batman villain, who I believe was only used once. His entire his entire gimmick, for lack of a better term, was that he would commit crimes around the penny. So Batman has a giant penny over one Silver Age baddie. Yeah. Called the Penny Plunderer. Do you have any insight on the Tyrannosaurus? No, I'll have to look into it some more. But this next but, scene... Uh, that, that, is, that is your Morales fact for the week. I love it. It's actually... Because actually, I up until a couple months ago, I always believed it was an homage to Two-Face as well. Because in, uh, in the animated series, it is an, it's Two-Face because he straps Batman to the penny... And the whole thing is that he's either he's gonna flip the giant penny, and if he freaking if it lands face down, it kills Batman because the penny squashes him. Right. But if it lands face up, it will break every bone in his body. I remember that episode. And freaking, but in the actual comic books, it is actually the penny plunderer who tries to steal the giant penny. Well, help me out here on this. I don't want to say splash page. It's just. A lot of panels here. Like it made no sense here. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like catch me, but then in the last panel, someone caught him, and then the penny's flipping the entire time. I, I feel like things got disjointed here in press. Let me take a look here. Let me get to the right page. Harvey's falling. The lightning strikes the pen. The uh, the coin and. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah, was... he, fall, he falls over the cliff due to the penny. The penny drops. Yeah, this was, this was really weird for me as well because, like, all of a sudden, you know, Bruce with his broken ribs due to Two Face is trying to save his former friend, and this coin is flipping, and there's lightning, and all of a sudden, Batman's got a rope, and it, it got it got really disjointed here. It really did. Because like... he's, you know, Harvey's got the freaking, he's got a hold of this rope with a hook at the end, and then all of a sudden, the, like, the next page is the hook, or the next panel is the hook going through his hand, and, like, at this point, why would it go through his hand? Right. And then the rope snaps. And it's just, it's just time like, it, it, it feels, it feels incomplete. It, t- total time disorderness, like, whoever... Drew this probably had it just right, and then some dude was like, "No, that doesn't make sense. I'm gonna rearrange it." And then we find out that Selena Kyle was the true baddie here the whole time. But can you blame her? I mean, is she though, or is she just trying to protect everybody? Well, is she really necessarily the bad guy? Well, you know, she she's pissed at Bruce. You know, calling him a poor little rich boy. You know, and, you know, because the whole thing is, you know, he's over here. He's been handed everything. He's had the money to become Batman. And she's over here having to stitch together a costume and, you know, thrown out of a building and freaking having to spend on her own. And is she really necessarily wrong? You know, is she really the bad guy for freaking fighting against 
you know, somebody, I mean, she's somebody she obviously cares about, but freaking somebody that had it a heck of a lot easier than she does. And I agree. Now, my only suspicion is, is that Batman 125 came out today mm-hmm. and brought Selena Kyle back in the forefront since uh, City of Bane. Mm-hmm. She hasn't had anything to do with us since City of Bane. Yeah. And I feel like they tried to time it right. But I think it's bad timing because this, these stories don't match. Um, yeah, well, I mean, this is this is two completely different versions of Selena. You know, it's a comic book version as opposed to a a, a basically a movie version. Because this, you know, this at the end of the day, this is nothing more than a continuation of the uh, the '89 Batman franchise. Please, God, give us another one. I love that they gave him the bike. Uh, they build him out. That he's wearing cross colors. Mm-hmm. Tell me you had cross colors. Dude, I, I've always been a t-shirt and jeans guy. Oh, I never but... really did any. I never had anything like that. Uh, I was living in Montgomery, Alabama, so I guess my mom had to buy that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cross colors are pretty cool. They were extra baggy, like more Jamaican colors, but he's wearing cross colors. Um... You'll notice it if you watch the um, the crisscross video with Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. They're wearing crisscross. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. Yeah. They, they're, I'm aware of where they are, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they're doing the old school, like, paying attention to what they were wearing. But mm-hmm. I love the fact that it wasn't a agreement with... Dick or Richard or any of our favorite Robins that like just come back with this super cool bike. Yeah. He 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 armed him. Like after everything happened, he bailed him out of jail after getting framed for a murder. Uh Harvey's gone, supposedly. Um Yeah. I would say he was gone for sure if um the end of the If we saw a body. Yeah, exactly. Like after the whole, right before metal happened, where mm-hmm. the blood comes out, and this is something a little bit different, and it read like a. I skimmed everything today. It read like mm-hmm. a, it's read like a burden movie, man. Like they yeah. they read they did their best to make it what should have happened, but. What I landed on was that Selena Kyle was the ultimate baddie of all of this, like, without being the actual baddie. And what confuses me is if you get to the last page, uh, second mm-hmm. last second last page, um, Babs gets the uh, evidence that Bruce Wayne is Batman, mm-hmm. and Selena tells her, "I want to be your Oracle." That confused me. Like you see, yeah. you see Babs at the upper, at the upper uh, left, and uh, Selena's on her computer, and our betrayer cat that had been Mike the whole time. I hope you will think of me as your friend, your guide, and as I may be so bold, your oracle. Why would someone other than Oracle say that I want to be your oracle? I think I think it's more just a plot for freaking for fu- for future movies in theory. 
that's a, that's a setup for another sequel. Well, if that happens, you know, God they're gonna do that. I'm all about it. You know, this oh. was this was a great read. It was a lot of fun. All about it. Like you said, it felt like a continuation of freaking. It felt like the third Batman movie we should have got. You know, and it plays into it plays into the storyline. You know, her dad's gone now, and freaking. You know where where would we go from here? Because there's definitely, I think the biggest thing too is like I don't I didn't see Selena as the bad guy per se, but I definitely see uh, her and Bruce or her and Batman as definitely uh, two people who have kind of the same goals, but their approaches are very opposite. That's a great point, and that's what kind of bothers like I, me. I per- and I personally love the fact that when they have their confrontation. Bruce is like, I had this well in hand, you know, when he talks about the coin because Two-Face, had, Harvey had given him the coin and he had switched it out for a different coin. I feel she and slipped the coin in. Catwoman had pointed out that he screwed up and gave, he, he, he was under the impression he was giving Two-Face a two-headed coin. But, at the, but then it turned out that he was actually giving him back the original coin. He had messed up. I have every intention that she switched it out of his pocket just to make him feel guilty. Because she's, despite maybe the fact, she did. Despite the fact that she is savvy, I feel that she wanted to make him hurt. She's also, I mean, she's she's very savvy, yeah, but she's and she's manipulative. Maybe that was her point all along was to get him to manipulate him to believe that he's flawed. You know, freaking, you know that that could be very that could very well be the point. I think so, man, because, like, he he was for damn sure that it was absolutely the trick head. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. I mean, I, I pointed out that I kind of made a point about them beyond, you know, trying to do the same thing. But they're really not. You know, Selena is not out for justice. She's out for herself. Do you- While Bruce is – Bruce feels – Bruce, in his mind – feels like he's out for vengeance you know he's out to make the world a better place in theory but freaking he like well, like we pointed out earlier with jim lee he's still human he right. makes mistakes Correct. he's not he is not yet he's not the batman that is flawless that freaking always knows the right thing to do in every situation you know tim burton's batman was never designed to be that man he, he's you know a bad man and he freaking he you know he knows a ton of stuff and he's a bad he's an amazing fighter but like Bruce Wayne was always human and Batman was always human he was always flawed and that's that's one of the that's you know kind of the thing that separates a Batman from a Superman is Superman comes off as essentially perfect which is what shuts him off to a good you know, majority of the, of the fan base, people that don't like Superman tend to be like, oh, he's too perfect. He's he's everything you'd want to be, and why would you... If you're perfect, you're boring. And Batman being flawed makes him far more relatable of a character. What if the scene where Selena screws everything up was purposely did disjointfully to make everyone confused. Maybe. 
because that's that's another valid aspect you know excuse me freaking because we've all had that significant other in our lives yeah that is that you know gets in our head and even though we know she's not good for us it makes you want her more and it also because it, it's a it's a it's a delicious mistake we and need, that's exactly what Selena is to Batman. We need to read that down. Is she's freaking, she's, you know, I know this is going to hurt, but it's going to be a hell of a time until it hurts. Delicious mistake. And and that's that's the whole joke with the characters. Freaking Batman knows he shouldn't. It's the same thing with Atali Al Ghul. Oh. You know, you he should not, he should not care about this woman. He should not fall in love with this woman. He is hopeless. And, and it, it's it's the fact that freaking she is so wrong for him, at least on a subconscious level, that attracts her him to her that much more. Now, that makes me think about what happens in Joker. Because okay. we had eight different versions of what was going on. And... I gotta hand it to Tinian. He okay. he wrapped it up in a pretty gorgeous little like perfectly wrapped box. Gordon's like, "What do you want? What happened mm-hmm. with Joker?" I want the truth. You've never asked me to justify myself. And let's go outside. And go to the roof. Let's go to the roof. Um, they use so many different versions of artwork, and they break down the story. Like, like, I'm glad he broke it down because it was a little convoluted, but not as so convoluted that I didn't need a freaking like whole comic to remind me what happened. Just maybe yeah. like two paragraphs. But, um... Getting locked in the the safe room. Mm-hmm. Vengeance is going nuts. Bane is like... You know it's bad when Bane's trying to calm somebody down. Like we've ever seen that ever. And yeah. it, it's not even his, really his daughter. He's She's just a clone of him. Mm-hmm. And... With, I think the meat and potatoes in this one was that him and Bullock are starting their own private detective agency. I don't think it's the main the meat and potatoes, but it's definitely the the end point they're going for. And it also bothered me because uh, when we watched, um, we didn't watch it together, but um, Batman Year One. Yeah. That's not about Batman. Oh, that's a Jim Gordon story. It's, it's all Jim Gordon. All mm-hmm. Jim Gordon. And, like, the uh, asshole in me that is suspicious of too many writers in the kitchen that want yep. all this hardcore stuff going on and 
Like, yeah, it's not a, it's not a Jim Gordon story. It's a, it's a Joker story. What are you talking about? Joker's in like a fourth of it. Not even. Yeah. The, this is and that that's Jim that's Gordon. the thing. I think you pointed it out months ago. Was it freaking? The reason this is called Joker is because it's. I mean, it's a Jim Gordon story featuring the Joker. It but is. The fact of the matter is, a Jim Gordon story doesn't sell. A Joker story sells. A Joker story absolutely sells, and Joker was. It's kind. Of, it's kind of the equivalent of when they freaking when Birds of Prey came out a couple of years ago. It was originally spelled as Birds of Prey and the uh, Immaculate Emas- Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then, literally within a week, it was switched to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. And she's barely in thirty minutes of it. Eh, she's in quite a bit. Of, she's in quite a bit. It's a Harley Quinn movie with the Birds of Prey. And like they really could have, they could have built. Like I'm sorry, personally, the best character in that movie was uh, the Huntress. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Huntress was suffering. They definitely could have built up more of that and freaking. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little salty with the uh, the portrayal of one Cassandra Kane. Well, you get my point. It, like, like this should have been a, a Jim Gordon movie or book, but they're not going to make any money selling it yeah. as a Jim Gordon book. It should have just <laughs> been Jimbo. I agree with you, but I get it. And I, I get it, too. I get it, too. And that sucks, man. Like... Why not just in all fairness though I, I like I said I get it and I appreciate the forethought the, the, the fact that they thought ahead to do that is brilliant well you know because because Joker I mean it, it is it's the Jim Gordon story that features the Joker but freaking they thought to call it Joker that's not I, fair. I get why they did it and it makes it eh, it's not fair but it makes sense. That's not fair because you and I do deep dives, and mm-hmm. they could have presented us a book that was like dead was just Jimbo. Oh, it's a, it's a Jim Gordon book. Absolutely, we're gonna read every single one. Um, yeah, maybe. No, I, I think I, th- I think legitimately, no, I, I absolutely think, not. Like, absolutely, it's the it's it's the equivalent of the hardcore wrestling fan as opposed to the fan that watches WWE every week. You get X amount of fans that are going to watch, that, that just want legitimate, quote-unquote, straight wrestling, as opposed, like, if you're a diehard, hardcore wrestling fan, great, more power to you. We got straight wrestling. But no matter what, it's not going to be as many people that are sports entertainment WWE fans. It just is what it is. These guys at least have the thought process going in that we want to reach the largest audience possible. So that's why we're going to call it Joker. How are we having that meeting? <coughs> I'm sorry, what was that? How are we having that meeting? I, I did. Where, where if you and I, like, like you and I get on the jazz all the time. Like, mm-hmm. the, there could be a million times where you and I could stay up until 4 in the morning and write four or five issues. And, yes. And then they'll be like, oh, no, 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 this can't be a Jim Gordon book. This is going to be a Joker book. I get your point. Okay. We'd have that conversation in the lobby until we go back and get our million dollars. 
Um, but it just doesn't. Doesn't sit right with you? It doesn't sit right with me, and we got to put our foot down eventually. Because this was a Jim Gordon book. This, like, like I, I've talked oh, to you. That there's a bunch of people I've met in the smoking area at work that are like, oh, the DC animated series are ten times better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're actually better than everything. Yeah. Well, did you watch year one? Yeah, I watched year one. Well, Batman was so cool in that. Um... No, Jim Gordon was cool in that. Yeah. Um, he wasn't just cool. He was the end-all, be-all of that story. Like, yeah, like, it, like was, it was a Jim Gordon story, he, first he, and foremost. He was going home, missing dinners, Babs is mad at him, and then, like... We barely, we forgot to even mention in the Joker story that they brought back uh, Jim James Jr. Gordon Jr. And Jim, Jr. Talon. Jim Jr. is Talon that is a neutered Talon that we just got to turn the volume down. Yep. And um, we got a little taste of that last time. We were like, what the heck? And freaking, uh, yeah, they just turned the, the volume down in the room. And now mm-hmm. we have this other story going on. And uh, my problems are Bane being totally cool with having a daughter. Without well, the thing about that 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 makes sense to me, because at the end of the day, Bane is a strategist, and for like that that's my whole problem with Bane in all the movies is that Bane is always the second in command underneath somebody. Total dummy. And for he's always following somebody as opposed to being his own person. And this Bane sees the fact that he's got uh, somebody with the potential to be as strong as him and the potential to be basically his legacy. Right. And he would use her to the fullest extent of her abilities to get what he wants. I didn't like Because in theory, if he can make if, if one if they can make one of her They'll make a hundred of her. They can make a hundred of her, and or a thousand of her. All and how many? Both. How many do you need before he is legitimately unstoppable? What did you think? And the, he is willing to find that number. What did you think of the panel where they, uh, Sandra, turns his face into Joker with the broken jaw? Like she just touches his face, and it like he's got the giant body. But he's got the broken jaw. When they unmask Bane, is like in the prison. Um, flash forward here. After L. Give me a second while I'm looking it up. Is it in the beginning of the book? I'm flash forwarding. Where the hell is it? That a Bane would take a bullet to the the heart, but as a regular human being. But then we got Al intruding, and then we have also Cassandra. Um, But that's not... Oh, when they pull pull the the mask off of Bane, and the guy's looking at Peacekeeper 01's looking at him before he becomes Peacekeeper 01? Yes, Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's. But like that's his, all. I mean that that's his, just a part of the plan. His jaws being ripped off. Yeah. And, and that's. I mean, they basically found a dead body, pumping him full of venom, and freaking or somebody pumping him full of venom, venom, and Jokerized him and killed him. So we're getting closer to what our suspicions are in Task Force. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's another thing that goes about it, man. Freaking, like I said, Bane Bane is a strategist. He, you know, he's he's always thinking three to four steps ahead, which is why he's, you know. Bane. Maybe not Batman's <laughs> greatest villain of all time, but freaking definitely in the conversation for it. You know, everybody everybody thinks he's freaking just the guy that broke Batman's back, but they don't think about what went into that. They don't think about the fact that he freaking broke everybody out of Arkham Asylum and made and wore Batman down before he broke into the Batcave. And freaking, he figured out who Batman was while in another country. I am, you know, and freaking worked out all his best villains to make sure they were free before he had this plan. Before he ever stepped foot in Gotham, now like, nobody ever gives Bane the credit he deserves. Now, my other problem here is that Batman is making Gordon answer for himself. I didn't hear you. He was working what? He's making Gordon answer for himself. Tell me what happened on the roof. Yeah. Where's Joker? That's 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 actually the, the most interesting part. Is freaking at the end of the day. Because Batman's no, hasn't with hasn't all been the, any with, of all the, with all the decades of trust they've built up, Batman is kind of quick to turn on Gordon. Because he expects... like. We had that whole same thing when he, um, in the Tower of Babel storyline, where they found out that Batman, the Justice League found out that Batman had had protocols put in to stop each and every one of them if they went rogue. Right. And freaking, like, even Superman, who may very well be legitimately Batman's best friend. Right. And he still had a way to stop Superman because just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Like at the at the end of the day, Batman's ridiculously paranoid. Like as a character, he has to be he trusts no one. And that might even extend to like Dick Grayson, Jason Todd. That's uh, his, freaking that, That's his falling point, man. The rest of the Robins, you know, his own son. That's his falling His best point. friend Superman. The man he has trusted since day one, Jim Gordon. You know, this this totally makes sense for Batman to be like, tell me what happened, Jim. If nothing else, it's almost more of a sign of respect because he's actually asking Jim, tell me what happened. I don't agree with don't it make don't respect. don't make me look into this. Just tell me. I don't agree with it being a sign of respect. I agree with it being a sign of why didn't you tell me? And that's not fair. Because that's that's the thing. You can't tell me Batman didn't know what was going on the entire time. Oh, he absolutely knew everything that was going yeah. on the whole time. If nothing else, he's got Barbara following Jim the entire time. Like he's known from the beginning. Oh, he absolutely. Maybe has. he just he just wants to hear it from his friend. Because if if his friend lies to him, you know, are they are were they ever really friends, or was 
you know, as I've already pointed out, was Batman a, an end to a mean for Jim the same way Jim was a means to an end for Batman? You see, that that's that's the thing, though. You and I have a tete-a-tete. Always, mm-hmm. always truthful. Yeah. If, if you find out I hid something from you and you got to break it out of me, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. I mean, it could. I mean, obviously, for, it would depend on what it was per se. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff you can work. Through, there's stuff you can work through and stuff you can't. I, I I agree, but like even then, like these guys have been together for since the freaking thirties. Hmm. Um. I can't not tell you something. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. At the end of the day, this is this is in theory, this is Jim Gordon possibly breaking Batman's one rule. Do not kill. Was Jim Gordon really going to kill the Joker? He should have. Or was this maybe he should maybe he shouldn't have. Who knows? Like that's you know, that's that's the one thing. That's that's the that's the whole the holy grail of questions. Is it better to kill this guy who will undoubtedly kill again and risk your own soul? Or is it better to constantly have to stop him and hope that he does not kill again before you catch him? And don't expressly miss the, let me kill him so you don't have to. Because yeah. you're, you're not going to. Yeah. And is that necessarily wrong? No. If Vengeance had killed Joker, would it have been, would it have been wrong for Jim Gordon to step in and save Joker or should he have just let it happen because at the end it would save more lives that's that's the real question this comic book asks yeah and he saved more lives killing one of the ex-heads of the court of the owls and yeah. that's like the only thing I hated the court of owls but putting a bullet in this woman's heart that is one of the ex court of owls um Freaking, um... I would call her a liaison. Well, she was reduced to liaison. She used to be a queen. Yeah. But... But, yeah. I mean, they, they end up killing Crescinda. And freaking... I mean, that's that's the thing. Is it... Like, when it comes down to it, you know, she he, he, he keeps killing. Is it... Is it worth your soul? To freaking to kill him, that way he kills nobody else. Or do you freaking just keep on trying to stop him, knowing that if he get, if you fail, and they failed multiple times, then other people will pay for your mistake. And that's that's a pretty big question. You know, do you cross that line so somebody else doesn't have to? Do you let somebody else cross that line so you don't have to? And if you don't interfere, does that end up making you just as guilty? But Joker killed the right person. He killed. Did the, he? He killed the petulant child. Mm-hmm. He killed the petulant child that is involved in Corval's no longer. And tries to get the one-all, end-all, be-all person to justify the execution of the Joker. 
when mm -hmm. Joker went balls to the wall, freaking, you left me in a safe room in Texas, and you trusted me. And yeah. he pulled those guns out, and he kills her. Yep. It took me a while to realize who needed to die. And it really had to be her. It absolutely had to be her because she was the one that was outcast from Court of Owls from her, mm -hmm. from her father. And, okay. And she was the one that went rogue. And the one thing that confuses me about this is I'm dying. Let me check my phone right quick and transfer the rest of the money that isn't all the money I promised you. And then Jimbo let, lets her die. That that was weird to me. That, that, that was not a good scene. Um, let me die real quick and transfer all the money I have that I owe you. But it's not all what I owe, do owe you. And then um, I'm glad it led up to we're going to get uh, Bullock and Jimbo running uh, P.I. marks. But um, mm -hmm. the fact that he let her do that, like, and then as a trained official, you should know CPR, like, there was no any of that. Um, yeah. The only reason I'm complaining about that is because I've watched a million episodes of Law & Order uh, Special Victims Unit. Like, they will do everything they can to do what's right, but... Yeah. Um, he later pulled out her phone and transferred a couple million bucks in his account. Yeah. And, I mean, then again, like I said earlier, with freaking the relationship between Gordon and Batman, is it a means to an end? Who has the more money? Yeah. That's the thing with the money. Freaking, you know, with the money comes the power and the ability to, to run a private eye business, per se. You know, is is it, you know, was she important or was she a means to an end? Well, she was definitely means to an not end. The, not, the, not the best way to look at it as a person, obviously. Obviously, man, but, like, especially but, if you're coming uh, back from uh, DC Magiport. Um, yeah. I mean, if you wanted that first print of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, would you let her freaking send that money your way first? I agree. You know? Not necessarily saying it's right. You know, freaking none of this. You know, it's, it's I mean, I, I make the joke with the Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, but, well, you know, that's that's what's going on. Is it's, a, it's a means to an end. This whole story is a means to an end. You know, they wanted to get to this point. And freaking, and there's the question, you know, do you freaking, if, if you've got evil staring you down, and you've got the barrel of a gun pointing right at it. Do you pull the trigger? Is it is it is it your responsibility to? Because I mean, if you do it, you know it could cost you your soul. You know, thou shalt not kill. You know, you're correct. But if you don't, how many more people are going to die? How many more millions or hundreds you of know? people? And that's. That's a that's a something you know. If you're you know, you don't know how you're gonna react until you're in that situation. Like if we were in that situation in real life, 
See, that's, you know, my, that's my problem with this punchline story afterwards, is that it's like, she beats her up and she's like, oh, you know what I was really doing. Um, yeah? Like, there, there, there was never, this was one of the worst, worst. I'm just, I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of tired of this punchline story. I'm not going to lie, man. It's just, it just seems like a consistent, it, it seems like they're going for the same thing every time. Like, this is really kind of getting old. Who's oh, who's she, she beating me up. Oh, you know, she, she's beating up punchline. Oh, there's somebody around the corner that has a camera. Oh, my God. Punchline is saying all these things. Oh, you know, punchline is really the good guy. Yeah. And freaking all these people buy her BS. Dude, it was terrible. And like we've kinda we've kinda seen this over uh, like what the la- the last year yeah. of freaking side stories. It, it was awful, man. Like, like but, they're not they're not doing anything new with this. And, they're not advancing the story at all. And the 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 the, 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 the fight was like slow and boring and just like wait, who just won? Yeah. Like, like I already read the new Batman 125, so I knew who really should have won. Mm-hmm. And reading this, I'm like, this is bullshit. Yeah, no, it really, it really is though. That's the thing. I mean, I make, I make the joke with the point, but like, it's, it's kind of like this is the second or third time Bluebird has beaten up. Uh, um, punchline while at the se- at the same time punchline is freaking having it, someone record it so that way they can put it out online yeah I know she's like, like it's, it's been done uh-huh, like, come, up with, come up with something new yeah, yeah, give, yeah. give me give me a little more depth to the thought process behind punchline like she seems like a really cool character but she's really she's this year's freaking um, Batman who laughs She's just a character oh. that always gets a little something, and Sucks. freaking, it's freaking, it's the new flavor of the week. You know, we want her to be the next Harley. We only saw we one punchline, and you barely noticed her. Like, like, hey, that was punchline, and she didn't have the right makeup. Yeah, she yeah, at the at the comic con, you know, and freaking, like, it's cool. She's been around for. Probably about three years now, because it was issue ninety-two when she debuted in Batman, and we just were about to review Batman one twenty-five. And like, like other than the freaking the big storyline with the Joker, the Joker War storyline, right? Everything else she's done has just kind of been the same old, same old. Yep. Oh, she's freaking. She's really good with technology, which which I thought was great. She you know, I, thought, I thought she was a really cool character because she's utilizing anti-oracle opinion, you know, opinions, and she's utilizing social media in a way that no Batman villain ever has, which is really interesting and really cool because she's got this certain demographic that really agrees with what she's saying. But they have beaten that dead horse to death three times over already. Oh God. They have and this this issue of punchline like where it was the end all be all tete tete it was like oh. it was so disappointing and, then, and slow. Yeah, and then now they're leading into a, a, a an official comic book with it. I'm just like, 
I have absolutely no interest in reading this. No interest in reading any of that. Like, um, well, I was proved innocent, and you're obviously on camera and guilty, and um, none of that makes sense. Yeah, not. I, I think the storyline in and of itself makes sense, but like just the fa- it's 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 the sad thing that it makes it's the exact same story we've seen about three times over the last year. No, oh, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. And we got what do we got left? We got one more. We got two more. Saber. We got Batman one twenty five, and I got Sabretooth four. I got a P. Agreed. Let's see who's the next, man. All right, we're back. We had to take a little quiz, quick whiskey. Freaking, um, we've been slacking on our saber tooth. Um, I love the fact that he's the Lord of the X Men Hell. Of course he is. Yeah. But at the same time, though, he's figured a way to. Make magical, mental, not magical, mental deals with others that are involved in Krakoa. Especially Cypher with the arm of, um... Warlock. Warlock. And he's essentially... I just read five, so we're about to four, so... He's making deals with everybody. And yeah. the the thing is about Sabretooth is is that he is literally the one character not to be trusted. I can't think yeah. of anyone in the X-Men universe, in the Marvel universe, that should not be trusted. Under, <coughs> Professor under, X. Under Professor X. X. Professor X. <laughs> I agree. No, that's that's the thing, man. It's freaking like and I never really like Sabretooth's always been cool. But, like, you never think of Sabretooth as, like, a mastermind character. And, like, we just... I, I've just gone off on Bane for the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes about how I hate the fact that he's always looked upon as an underling by mass media as opposed to the fact that he is the guy that planned out and properly executed the destruction of the Batman in the 90s. Like of all the issue of all the comic books in the '90s featuring Batman, the greatest by far is Nightfall. Like that is the quintessential Batman '90s, you know, crossover event. Nothing in the '90s mattered more than Nightfall. I agree. Yeah, and Sabretooth here is proving that he also is. A, a brilliant man and a master manipulator. Like, he takes these other mutants and end up in the hole with him and cons them into finding other mutants that would agree with him. That way he can get enough will going to basically figure out a way to bust out of the hole. And he had Slim Piggins, too. And we've got we've got pigments. mutants I personally have never heard of. Never heard of. And um but he had slim pickings and the, the, the thing that like was really messing with me was the fact that 
every time there's a flashback Weapon X scene where Department mm-hmm. H is doing their dirty work in their awesome. I, I like. I love the old school Department H, the the yellow helmets and mm-hmm. uh, with the chops and. Um, bazookas and machine guns and it was like him maverick um wolverine um deadpool probably no not deadpool it was um i don't um, the blob there was a couple other i can't remember but they still kind of matter but they don't really but um the random teleporter dude who was played by freaking uh the guy from the fujis not the Fuji's. I'm I'm just naming guys from freaking Wolverine Origins. Wolverine Origins was uh that was Will I Am from Black Eyed Peas, but um I Black Eyed Peas. You, 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 you were close enough. Uh, freaking the fact that Sabretooth was in control the whole time. Yeah. And um in the X Lives of Wolverine in the Ten Deaths of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It was a caper that was without Sabretooth. And mm-hmm. that that was one of the things that bothered me about that. Like, because there was parts where they went back in time and Sabretooth is like, yeah, where are you going? Uh, we got to go kill this person. And Wolverine's like, no, we got to kill this guy over here. Um, it, it really illustrated the power that Sabretooth had over Department H. Mm-hmm. Especially after rereading uh, Weapon X and um, freaking um, what else did I reread? Sabretooth was the leader. Yeah. And it for anyone that doesn't understand how these comics go in the flashbacks Wolverine is absolutely the runt. Just yeah. like he calls him. He is the runt. Mm-hmm. Like, he might or may not have his adamantium claws yet, but yeah. he is still the runt. And Sabretooth, uh, did you read, did you, you, you read Origin. Where the Some bro- of it, yeah. Where the brother, when you find out that they're half-brothers. Yeah. And he's the runt. He is uh, always in bed. He is uh, absolutely the weak one. He just yeah. happens to have bigger claws. And mm-hmm. it this this series makes so much sense. And like it just we we talked about it last week, and we talked about it on the way home from uh, Comic Con was that. Freaking, the X-Men have no consequences yet. And they have no... No consequences! There's no way to yeah. ever put it! And, yeah. but, but... The, That's the thing, they, they can die or they come back. It's not even a thing. But they, they, ha- they even, they joke about it in one issue about, oh, you haven't even had your first death yet? Oh, come on, you wuss. Yeah, and, but the, the leader of their hell is Sabretooth. And yep. not, not only does he figure out a way to get out, but he figures out a way to get the, the people to distract everyone else to help him get out. 
which is what he that, does. And that, not even that, going back to what we talked about with Punchline, he's getting public opinion on his favor because he is sending out the other um, several mutants that are in in the, the hole with him. Exactly. He is getting them to find all the mutants that aren't like everybody else. There is a certain there there is a separation in in Krakoa, which is basically mutant paradise. There are those that look like humans, and there are those that do not look like humans. Yeah, and the the one and that... there there is there is a separation between the two, and that's what Sabretooth is exploiting. He really he is. is he is using the people that aren't that don't look like quote unquote typical humans. We got and he's getting decision. them on his side to freaking to get enough goodwill going to for him to get to the point where he can bust out. And though because those people aren't on the side of the Quiet Council, those there there's a certain amount of people that were already kind of gun shy when it came to this regime that is telling them what to do and how to act because. We finally have mutant paradise, but you, all you got to do is listen to us, and you'll be fine. Can you imagine being sentenced to hell with a no. quiet council of ten that included Mystique? It's twelve total, but yeah. Mister Sinister, Apocalypse, yeah. Magneto. Yeah, and that's the thing: is it freaking half of the quiet council? aren't exactly good people. (laughs) And on top of that, that includes Professor X. That included, at the time, Magneto. He's the worst one. You know, that's the the thing, is he is making all these moves for what he believes is the benefit of the people of Krakoa. But is it really? Or is it actually the benefit for himself? And that I mean, you know, they've they've like the the whole joy of the X books right now is it's basically them taking them making this entirety of a mutant society. You know, they they've got they they export items in medicine. You know, they freaking they bring in money based on that. Oh, they're all great guys, right? They're basically creating their own society, and with their own society comes their own religion, their own rules. Their own laws, and somebody somebody has to dictate that, and that's the Quiet Council. And are those necessarily the right laws? Are they necessarily the only laws? And well, as we go into an issue four of Sabretooth, Sabretooth was a victim of the laws before they were the laws. It wasn't even his fault. He did. What yeah, he he, did he what was he, sent on a mission. And he succeeded. By the Quiet Council, he did what he was told, and he was punished for it. He killed three and or that's two like, humans, and they're like, yeah, dude, like we're going to suck you into a, an abyss. Like, wait a minute. and I didn't. I did what you told me to. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was listening. I did it for free. Like, I didn't get paid for this. Like... And and we and we find out utilizing um, these other mutants that were sentenced is that were they really necessarily wrong? Did they really necessarily break laws, or were they just different 
from everybody else? Were they really not, or was it really that they weren't necessarily willing to play ball? I think they were mutants that exposed the BS that the Quiet Council had. That if anyone even took a half a glance of why they were like subjected to uh, go to the mutant hell. Mm-hmm. Um, that there'd be a couple people with a few questions. And, yeah. and Sabretooth being the martyr. Sabretooth is the martyr? Like, like I, I still can't wrap my mind around that. Yeah. Uh, like, like he, he, he killed, like, two or three humans, mm-hmm. and, and they subjected him to new rules the second he got back. Mm-hmm. I completed the mission. Yeah. Thank me. Well, actually, what we're not going to do is thank you, but we're actually to suspend you in the uh, weird dark animation, and uh, the ground's going to swallow you now. Yeah. And, and you're uh, gonna, you're going to take it because we need to prove a point. We need to prove a point that there are laws, and if you break the laws, which we just created. You must be punished. Ten minutes because ago. Because if not, if we let you slide, we have to let everybody else slide. This is exactly why you and I need to go over all the rules. Because we were sitting at Chili's. It was like one of the first conversations we had at Chili's. Yeah. Oh, you remember that Comic-Con that was awesome that not everyone got to go to? Um, we were sitting at Chili's. You know, and before we got our burgers, like we need to talk about the... Uh, the fact that the mutants have had no consequences. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's three rules right now. Uh, the first rule is make more mutants. Of course. The second rule is murder no man. Correct. And the third law is respect the sacred land. Hmm. And that's the thing that everybody... Because it, it, it focuses on a, a mutant called Third Eye who is basically a psychic assassin as trained by his father from day one. But um, he talks about, it's a, you know, he goes off on what each member of the, uh, that's stuck in this pit, in the pit, did. We've yep. got Necra and Oyo. They broke the second law. Murder no man. They killed mercenaries and pirates. You know, that dared to enter Kokoa's waters. As all the, and as all they were doing was protecting it. Yeah. But they, they, you know, but they hadn't been picked for the work. They were just, uh, they were just there. So they haven't, they did what they had to do. So they broke the law. They murdered, they murdered humans. You know, another one called Melter broke the third law: respect the sacred land. You know, he was trying to get better at his powers, so he was working on it, and he was melting things, but he was melting parts of Krakoa. You know, and but they talk about how, uh, you know. Let me see here. He got tossed down here because he dared to step out of line. And, you know, and because he wanted to get better at his powers and he wanted a bigger role in Krakoa. And we talk about Madison Jeffries, who also broke the third law, respect the sacred land, because he was in love with the wrong sort of woman. He was in love with Danger, who is the uh, the living, the robotic living environment. representation of the danger room and he wanted to give her the space to be herself you know and she needed certain things in her environment to work properly (coughs) and he tried to put that together 
and in doing so, broke the third law. Yep, and they sentenced them without jury. Yeah, yeah. basically all 12 of the quiet council of the judges. And then Third Eye himself, he broke the first law, making more mutants. Because he, uh, he dabbles in the astral plane, obviously, and he could gleam the future. And he saw all these mutants making babies, but abandoning them. And he saw that all these kids were growing up without parents. And, you know, rightfully so, they were pissed. That was right when, um, what was her name? The one with the long neck? The one that can... Oh, Lost. Yes, when she took over the, um, the Lost Babies. Yeah. And that's the thing. All these, all these kids are growing up without parents, and believe it or not, that screws you up. And he had the goal to tell people that, and when he did, the, um... The popular the birth rate dropped by about twenty five percent, so he had to be punished. All he did was all he did was let people know that you needed to uh to watch your kids. Yes, sir. And, you know, and, and for that he had to go to jail and get sentenced to the pit. They banished him to the pit, and Sabretooth figured out how to astral project your way out of it. Yeah. You know, he ends up sitting down with his lawyer, Doug Ramsey slash uh, Warlock, and is basically like, you know, I, I got to get out of here. You know, you guys have, you know, you guys are basically trying to put a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. You know, and I'm not trying to cause chaos. I'm just trying to, you know, point stuff out that nobody here is thinking about. You know, on the last page, you know, we see him. You know, his outstretched hand coming out of the ground like the Undertaker after a freaking uh, buried alive match, and freaking he's risen. So we're about to get Sabretooth back. So stuff's about to go crazy. This this article of X Men BS. Really? You're about to get some freaking consequences. Homeboy in Russia has the uh, Sreba sword. Mm hmm. Colossus's brother. And forgive me, but I think that Oro controlling Mars is a terrible idea. Really? Why is that? Because she has no control, and the Nunes just lost a battle with the Shadow King. And the mm, Shadow yeah. King, they just lost a major battle with the Shadow King. And they made it look like they won. Mm-hmm. He just needs to get to Mars, who's the one person that can get into Rose mind. Yeah. Is the Shadow King. Not to mention uh, the fact that they just destroyed the gambling planet. Um, not really destroyed it. Freed all the slaves. Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot of things working against us. And then Scott 
takes it upon himself to give old Ben O'Reilly. Yeah, the X-Men can uh, conquer, conquer death, and here's proof. I have never yeah. been against the X-Men. They're my mm-hmm. boys. But what old Chucky, uh, Chucky X is doing, and what old, uh, Magnus uh, M is doing, they need to be stopped. What they're doing yeah. is wrong. Um, on so many different levels, and we've got Mars, we've got Koa, and uh, we've got the remnants of Araco on Mars, but then we also have, uh, what is it, uh, Orion? No, um... The human group working. Yeah. We've got a lot of we got a lot of them working against them, and I can't blame them because they're acting without consequence, and they're acting without uh, fear that something could go wrong. Like you mentioned earlier, like it's a a joke or a um I've only been resurrected three times. Haven't you been resurrected once? Um Yeah, it's an interesting take on it, man. It's something That's the thing. It's it's always been an like as far as mutants and humans go, it's always been us versus them. And freaking it's definitely it's built. You know, I didn't think they would ever build on that to the extent they have. But, you know, they've got their own sovereign nation. Heck, they've got their own planet in Morocco. I really want them to go back to the school. Uh, Yeah, I could see that, but I don't... I don't think they ever could. I don't think it'll ever be as simple as mutant on mutant, you know, Xavier versus Magneto. No, like I, I don't think. I don't think they ever could. I don't think it'll be that. I think it'll be different teachers. I think it'll be different teachers, and the school needs to come back because it's come. It's come to a point where uh, we've seen more of uh bar than more new mutants being trained. Yeah. And as someone that. Thoroughly cares about everything going on in Krakoa. There needs to be more training. Forge, his brains came out of his head last month. Yeah. Some some of our favorite, our favorite people are going absolutely nuts. Forge got his brains ripped out. Storm is running Mars like she's an actual goddess. Wolverine's running around like... It doesn't matter that he was part phalanx for a while. Um, Nightcrawler is trying to establish the the religion. Uh, we got Legion holding everything together uh, telepathically from Earth to 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 Mars and to further places, including the Shi'ar. Um, 
And they're doing it without asking questions, and they're also doing it in a sense that they deserve it. Now, in some senses, I think they deserve it. But not all of them have been through Weapon X. Not all of them yeah. have been uh, beaten up at the arcade like Jubilee. Um, or tortured like uh, Sinister tortures people. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that... It's gone too far. Well, I think I feel like that's got to be the point. Like I feel like that's the I feel like that's what's building is to that point where freaking people aren't going to stand for it anymore, and that's where things can get dangerous because they're gonna they're gonna respond in such a negative thing that we're gonna get basically like a World War Three over time with the X Men. I like think it'll that, be I, versus X Men. I think that's when it happened because uh, old Rasputin Junior has the Shriver Sword, and having a Cerebro mm -hmm. isn't, isn't like having a uh, database of everyone's uh, internet history. It's yeah. their, it's their minds, and. Omega Red is already defected and refected. Um, we've had so many stories with the uh, Hellions and Madripoor rescuing yep. mutants. We are a solid 12 years away from Meet Messiah. Um, we've had very little hope and actual character hope. Um, yeah. Little Cable, or Kid Cable, is now full-blown Cable, working uh, covert missions for S.W.O.R.D. Um, yeah. Osiris has a collection of dead Wolverine bodies, and the other group of them is orbiting the sun, which you can't get close to. I love the fact that they did that they, did that they were orbiting the sun. Mm-hmm. And, um... I'm not saying I want a full meat and massacre, but, um... The massacres we've been established to, like, Extinction Agenda, um... They took their time. They gave yeah. us a whole year. They're, mm -hmm. These guys are giving us, like, three, four years on a couple of stories, and... I don't feel like what they're working to is going to pay off. That's my point. I don't know. I think I think cause, I mean there's there's an obvious cure for this. You kill one of the five. There are five mutants that come together to create when they resurrect a mutant. If you destroy, if you kill one of them, they have no pro, they have no protocol for that. I say, kill one of the five. Kill Storm. You put Wolverine through another absolute hell. Um, all of the Excalibur and the um, X Factor books have been garbage. Um, I 
erase those sorry books and get to some meat and potatoes. Because, like, they've been building a solid story for a while, but they're, mm-hmm. they're going willy-nilly without... I mean, like, Parker, the best Parker gets is that Mary Jane's in love with him again. And yeah. they're living in the same apartment, and uh, she is putting up with him being spider Okay. How do you justify yeah. what they're doing? They got a treehouse in downtown Central. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some repercussions. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's the thing. If you kill one member of the five... They no longer have the resurrection protocols. Like read, that, that's it's it's as simple as that. It really is. If you if you kill Hope Summers or if you kill Proteus or Gold Balls or Gold Gold Balls, you know if you get rid of one of them, you know then what? And I think that's kind of where I think that's where the story goes. You know you don't get you don't got to freaking you don't got to kill all the mutants. You just got to kill the right ones. Now, and then freaking they're on their own. I gotta say that all these books have been way better than Schism and freaking um, um, what's the one where uh, freaking um, oh, I'm spacing on his name right now. Necrotia, Second Coming. Necrotia was amazing. Second Coming was great. I'm talking about um. Why can't I think of his name? Big dude. Giant. Onslaught? Onslaught. I didn't mind Onslaught. The action story was garbage. Did you read that? No, I was out of comics at the time. I'm so glad you were, because they were bad. But let's, uh, let's, switch, let's switch gears and go back to Gotham and do Batman. Because the death of the Penguin was, uh, frankly... Upsetting. Really? We, like, like I, I didn't like it, man. Like, uh, well, let me phrase it. I liked it as a reader, but, mm-hmm. like, it, it upset the, it, it upset me. Um, they drew him the way he was truly should be, and, like, what, like, someone's going around killing all the, uh, people that, if you've inherited a, like, there was one part that didn't make sense to me. If you inherited a million dollars from someone, I'm going to kill you. But if you have inherited millions of dollars, give us your money and uh, we'll leave you alone. So that was uh, the one uh, story hole that bothered me. But we're dealing with Zadarsky now. And okay. Zadarsky is building a story with the Penguin, and I love the fact that it was, um, Penguin's dead, and everyone's control of the Cold Club. The wonderful freaking nightclub he's got going on, and, um... Oh, you mean the Iceberg Lounge? The Iceberg Lounge, thank you. And, uh, freaking, we've got Selena Kyle showing up to throw, uh, freaking her, her monkey wrench into things, but, like, we, she's, Bruce already knows she's sleeping with another guy, 
Like, like I've never seen where like Bruce woke up and called someone else. Yeah. Well, before that, we even uh, at the the first couple of pages, we go back and we see uh, Bruce having a dream, and like we see the first time we've noted we've seen anything related to three Jokers. Oh yeah. The three oh, Jokers. Yeah. You know, we've got three completely different versions of, of the Joker. And freaking, we see all these people dead beneath their feet. We see Tim Drake. We see Dick Grayson. We see Damien. We see Selena Kyle herself. And Batman, you know, wakes up from this dream, and first person he calls is Selena. You know, and freaking, you know, they're doing whatever they've been doing. And freaking, like you said, she's got another guy in the at her place. And Batman just gets off the phone because he just, at the end, he can't he can't handle it. Like he, at the end of the day, he's you know Bruce Wayne's still a man, and freaking he loves this woman, well, and freaking he the, can't he can't deal with her deal having another man. That's the same guy from the uh, uh, Catwoman story. While uh, we were finishing Fear Itself, he's mm, the, I didn't uh, read it, so I don't know. He's the detective, and he's okay. a good he's a good guy. Um, mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne is uh, competing with someone that has taken care of Selena and been there when her sister died and bullet through the head and but she keeps showing up in all the new books. We got her at the Asprey Lounge. We got her in uh, Batman 125. Um, still being Selena. Mm-hmm. And with the penguin thing, um, we still haven't finished the, um, what confuses me is that we haven't finished the uh, story in Detective with uh, the Riddler. Yeah. And uh, so, we're still dealing with that one, yep. The Riddler, um, if you don't remember, uh, during Fear State, uh, encountered uh, Penguin's boys and took off. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even fight him. Now, Penguin's dead. We got freaking dead Penguin. And I love this new cybernetic guy. The cybernetic loader. <laughs> I really like him. Like, we got to uh, execute the will, and I I can't show up in regular day the way you can. I need you to find these ten people. Find these ten people that are the, the Penguin's kids. Well, first off, I'm glad that Penguin was plowing ground like that, because, um, why not? <laughs> Why not? And um, at the same time, though, um, we got everything going on, and freaking Batman is like, I want to know how, how much money was in his pocket when he showed up at that club, and he actually changes into Batman clothes during the Inflambe. And then we get the coup de gras. 
Tell me his name. Oh, Clayface? Oh, Clayface growing up. Growing up out of nowhere was awesome. I already implanted a bomb in you. You're screwed. Um, but, um... And that's the that's the fun part is a freaking we got Batman over here saying the you know, last time they met he uh, put something in Clayface that would you know, make him explode and Clayface is like you wouldn't and he's like try me try me and I mean that like legitimately Clayface can't die so but Batman very well could have yeah but and like- it really all depends the only crappy part about this is last time Batman Clayface was around. He was an ally of Batman. Yeah, he was. Like, we and... haven't really seen him since Detective Comics when he left, and freaking he was working with Batman. He was f- personal friends with Cassandra Kane, Batgirl, and like they were rehearsing plays together and whatnot. And he was helping her with her speech. Yep. And like we haven't we haven't touched that. And like the, I mean, very well it could be like a different Clayface possibly. But it looks like the same Clayface, and they've all kind of got distinct looks. I love so, like, part of me is kind of like, eh. Like, we really, like, they really could have done so much more with this. They could have made Clayface, like, a victim. I think like, they, he's being I think used. I think they did. I really think they did. I don't think they did that at all. Well, like, well he he's just like, kinda, hey, I'm, I'm going to blow you up. Stop all of this from falling on people. I gotta go risk, uh, go save, uh... I gotta go fight the penguin. Yeah, that's cool, but, like... Not a penguin. They never, they never freaking at all, like, talk about him being sorry for what he's doing. He's only doing it because if I don't, Batman's gonna blow me up. Yeah, but then I'll, um... Tim Grayson gets a bullet in the head. Oh, Tim Drake, yeah. Tim Drake gets a like right in the artery, and yep. and right then, through the neck. And then freaking two nurses see Batman trying to save him, but what they actually see is what they think they see is Batman killing the Penguin. So, I think I think you're jumping ahead a little bit, freaking uh, his, like the whole thing is that he's trying to rush Tim Drake to the hospital. And he's like, you know, we don't have enough time to, you know, get this handled by Doctor Tompkins or anywhere else. You're correct. Because if I if I if I take you there, you're gonna bleed out before they can properly help you. I have to take you to the hospital. And he, Batman, internally is freaking out because all he's himself. thinking about is what happened to Jason Todd when Joker beat him to death. Yep. And how Batman tried to keep it secret and tried to keep, you know, protect all the Batman and all the Robins and all that and at the end it cost him Tim it cost him Jason Todd and freaking he's he can't make that mistake again nope Tim Drake took one to the artery yeah and freaking I couldn't believe they would do that to us but at the same time we've got Triple Darcy writing two different stories the Catwoman story, and then this story, and both of them are just as good. And we talked about this before we even knew that Zdarsky was going to take over uh, after, uh, freaking, what's his name? 
Tinian. Tinian. We've had eight months of. Uh, I mean, the Arkham, the Arkham Tower story was good, but it wasn't what we, what we were used to, and now. Um, I remember we were talking about like what if they went tete a tete, and then now freaking Tinian's gone. And freaking Zarchi's doing freaking both Daredevil and freaking Batman at the same time. Yeah. Full on Batman. Not Batman Adventures, not something side. Yeah. And and, and no, it's it's a, it's really good. It's freaking um I love the interplay because Batman's talking about a personal friend of Bruce Wayne's that died named Colin Fitzroy and talking about how great of a man he was. And I love the fact that uh, Penguin is like, no, that that was a mask. That's not who that guy was. This is what he really did. And it it begs the question: How close is Batman to his his quote unquote rich friends that he socializes with? Does Batman know with? enough about his friends? And that's kind of that. Yeah, and that's a that's a brilliant take on it. Because we've never really thought about that, you know, no. how close is Batman with these people that he basically uses to seem like a playboy to hide his Batman identity? Like, we've never dealt really with that. But we've never also dealt with Batman, like, changing in his Batman clothes in the Inferno. Um, mm-hmm. That really stuck out to me. It wasn't like uh it reminded me of um the freaking movie where he's like, you know, getting his brain drained by the Riddler and stops it. And gets back out of freaking dodge before, you know, he learns everything but all he needed to learn who Bat Batman was, Bruce Wayne was. But yeah. um in this particular uh, group of famous people and debutantes that he changed in the middle of the fire. And he did a good job. I mean, but like, oh, Timmy Drake got a bullet to the freaking jugular just trying to open the door to make sure everyone got out. And then then we got this Catwoman story, which the Catwoman story really confused me. And I've, 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 we've mentioned it out of, out of two different bat books this night. Um, yeah, she's taking what five hundred grand. I never, I didn't even get a chance to read this part, so that's all on you. Five hundred grand. Um, expose this person, and you won't have to. Uh, it was. Actually, really like the uh, this part better was the uh, second part of this book was um, how everyone was trying to take over the uh, the club. What was the club's name again? Uh, the Iceberg Lounge. Yep. Ping was dead. Everyone wants to take over it. Completely take it over it. And um, during this little melee, um, as she's winning. Uh, Penguin's uh, hooded 
lawyer shows up who owns all the underground money. I was like, hey, meet my new guy. And he's like a, like a Frankenstein-looking freaking, like, cyborg. He's huge. And he's like, uh, I've been, uh, my living everything is to tell you guys that, um, we're gonna divvy up things in ten ways, and, uh, Catwoman makes her escape, and, um, he knocks on her door later on that night. And he's like, listen, the problem is I'm huge. Everyone can recognize me. Help me find these ten people. Okay. And, and all of them are the Jokers, no, the, the Penguins' kids. He wants to divvy up his fortune among them and only them. Which makes so sense considering the story... That if you've got, if you inherited, what was like 150 or 500? I think I'm, it's 5 million I'm between each person. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, something, something weird's going on, and I'm glad just Selena's back in the picture, man. Awesome. Out of all of that, I just glad Selena's back in the picture. Because everything that happened during. Um, Bane War. I hated it. <laughs> Why is that? Because they're like chilling in the Bahamas. Like, uh, Alfred got killed. Um, it was too easy. Like, it, you mean Alfred? Yes, I said Alfred. Sorry. You said Oliver. Oliver? Sorry. Yeah, like Green Arrow. It just, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. But, I love Zadarcy, and I wish him all the money in the world writing Daredevil and Batman, because, like, the past, what, frankly, two and a half years? Mm-hmm. Of Daredevil have been amazing. Yeah, that one's been freaking awesome. So hopefully he will continue to do just as well, if not better, with Batman. Be uh, be good reading for all of us. But don't remember. Don't forget. Oh, I do want you to remember. Don't forget. Jim Lee was just a, just a man. Just Indeed. a man. And he was a very nice gentleman that welcomed us. And yeah, we paid for it. We get it. We can do better. Definitely have some fun trying, shoot. <laughs> I know, right? We left uh, Jim Lee and we were like, we didn't meet just someone regular. We met Jim Lee. That was a monolith, man. Yeah, that no, was freaking awesome. That was a monolith. And, um, if a. Uh, very nice gentleman from South Korea can immigrate here. We can do some. We can do some damage. Indeed. <laughs> That's all I got for tonight, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's been a 
know, Comic Con was amazing. We got some good comic books. We're again looking forward to where the road takes us next. Well, don't forget. New Era is looking pretty freaking cherry night uh next next weekend. Yeah. Uh July sixteenth we got a uh, red, white, and bruised at Mile High Comics, Jason Street in Denver. Tickets are only fifteen dollars. Only fifteen dollars? We got the uh yep. We got the uh second round as well as the finals of a tournament to crown number one contender. For our main event of our anniversary show to take on the New Era Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, Joey A. Kincaid. And, uh, you know, we got many more matches on top of that. We got a total of eight matches. And uh, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be comic books. It's going to be awesome wrestling. It's going to be freaking a lot of fun. Be there or be square. Pay for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. You only need the edge, or just half a butt cheek. Exactly. Just. But until then, we will let you go. It's your turn. This is dangerous. This is minefields. This transmission is over. Yes, it is. Buy the shirt. Buy the shirt. <laughs>